0: That's bad. It is by definition an anti-Semitic statement. Yeah, that's no good. But we're that's either gonna think. make it or not. It's either gonna be a mass extinction experience, or we're going to find we're gonna find the light at the end of the tunnel. So that is actually like a way brighter perspective
1: than either of Zeke or I thought of. So I'm really happy that you said that. Welcome to the salt of the streets, coming at you every week, with this food for thought, hope you ready to
2: eat, with everything going on in this nation, we need some information, and that's why salt need to be stationed in your rotation, with real talking, real topics, real people, real problems, Think we need some help to solve them, and leave it up to Colin and the Donovan, right, cause that's, that's a, what, that? uh oh, let's get ready.
0: And, hey, just like a red, white, and blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship, we are back to salt of the streets podcast this is saturday march 9th one eleven p.m episode 52 and welcome back everybody to the salt of the streets podcast your one and only source for social and political commentary on all the weekly news pop culture and sports you can stand and it's all completely built from the ground up for people like you and me the everyday normal person so come on Join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and continue our endless efforts to bridge the gaps between people and information. As always, we are your hosts. I am Colin O'Donovan. And coming up on this week, so we've got two pieces of congressional movement today we're going to talk about. The first is a state-level, Washington state-level piece of legislature about vaccinations. And then we're going to go to the latest Anti-hate House Resolution. Anti-bigotry. Anti-bigotry. There you go. Resolution 183. We're going to talk about that. And then we're going to have a conversation around the CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey's appearance on uh, Joe Rogan lately. And Vijigati and also Tim Pool. Indeed. And we're going to talk about all the stuff they talked about because there's some really interesting kind of free speech social media talk that I think we want to get into. And then, of course, we got an amazing topic request from Zeke. And uh, we're going to talk about prison labor and the, I guess I call it the overall health of our planet. <laughs> he explained Excuse environmentalism.
1: Me. He said, when he explained to me first, he said, sustainability. Sustainability like really, really vague about it. So that's what I'm going to give you is sustainability. Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. I'm excited. And then we'll talk about what he talked to me about. And we'll see where you're at with it.
0: So in other words, it, it has, it's going to be an amazing show. Yeah. It's all really big
1: picture. And we'll, we'll get, I'll address it later.
0: Let's do it. Yep. So actually, before we actually even started the show, we were talking about working yourself into a grave. Yes. Um <clears throat> Yeah, so, well, you
1: know what's up. I mean, I, like, we are lucky enough that Jordan doesn't have to go to work, you know, so Jordan yeah. stays home. So, I work almost 50 hours a week, you know, like, at work, which is not, I meant, it's a lot, but not that much. Some people work 80 hours a week, but that's, I'm not like, going to. We do
0: recognize that everybody works a lot. Right, I'm not But that's still, like, it's a lot. It's right. a lot,
1: man. <laughs> um, especially. Standing in the same spot all day, not sitting down, you know, like you're like doing things. So, um, it's much easier to be moving around all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> that's a really good joint that we have there. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm really sorry. Um, and then when I come home, you know, it's hard for Jordan to get a lot of stuff done during the day because she's watching tacks all day. So, um, I come home and I make dinner almost every night. Um, and <laughs> I, do a lot of housework when i come home and like do a lot of that type of stuff i do podcast stuff i'm i'm away every saturday doing this you know every other week i get a blog post out i didn't do the audio one because that takes quiet and time and that's a hard that's a hard trifecta to meet um but eventually that will be easier but just with an infant that's hard but um so it's You have to, and like I said, you can't sacrifice the time that you take for yourself because you have to be able to take a second and, like, center yourself and be okay or else you won't make it through being a parent. No. And if you can't. I I can't imagine. My last blog post (laughs) was about work. Really hardly being, I like can hardly focus on it, you know, because being like a dad is what I'm focused on. Doing shit in my house, like just doing little projects and just helping with Dax, making sure Jordan's not worn out, making sure that the division of labor is there, you know. And that's really, really stressful just in itself to be that in your head (laughs) all the time. Um, And so you have to be able to separate yourself from that. And if you don't have the time for that, then you won't be able to do that, you know, especially like Dax... He doesn't usually want to go to sleep or go to sleep until like midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock, you know? I'm waking up at four. I can't stay up Uh -uh. that late. So I go to bed at like 10 at the latest. Jordan stays up until midnight. And then if she's lucky, he'll sleep until eight o'clock in the morning. You know? Last night, I told you we were really lucky because he, like, he took a bath and then he ate for a long time. And then he fell asleep at 10 and slept all the way until six and only ate one time. Like, that's fucking awesome. That's amazing. You know? That's like a whole night. Like, it's rare. You know, keep them but, on that. And not all babies are like that. Some babies no. sleep all the time. You know, it's really easy. Some babies don't at all. So, and you, you never know until they're here how it's going to be, yeah. you know? 10 to six. That's that, mean, that's
0: a long time. That's like, what, seven hours? Or? Super long time. Yeah. yeah. And that's.
1: <laughs> Especially right now, he's growing, so he's eating like every two hours. So, for him to go three and a half hours, without eating, that's a like, big that, one. That's yeah. a long time. So, when well, he wakes um, up, he is hungry, I bet. And it's important to, you know, Jordan doesn't get that much time for herself like that, except for like when I get home, you know. And that's yeah. even, even then, you know, there's still a lot of stuff that she has to do because she's breastfeeding and stuff. Um, but. very soon, you know, we're going to let somebody watch the baby and we're going to go and do something by ourselves. You know, like it's important to to have things like that. So yeah. especially because when the baby first gets there, if Carolina is nursing and stuff, then she will probably take time off, you know, while you take some time off, but then go back to work probably yeah. before she does, you know. And so it's important. Yeah, um, that's
0: all right. She'll be a twitch goddess by then. Anyways. From a,
1: Because I don't feel like there is that much like there is that many resources for like the dad side of of like having a kid you Mm -mm. know so i am not by any means you know just for anybody who fucking whatever i'm not trying to belittle you know the maternal side of having of having a kid because that's something i can't even imagine you know but i'm just telling you as a father and as what i assume you know the division of labor when it comes to finances will be you know it's important to
0: Well you're you're shifting into a literal have to support your family mode.
1: Um, and the way I think it was Jordan Peterson that I heard put it this way, right? So in the first year, um, two years if you count like being pregnant, right? So in the first two years of a baby's life, it's it's the father's job to take care of the mother so she can take care of the baby. Like Oh yeah, that's how that is, you know. in In the rawest, like, sense, uh, the primal sense, state. yeah. And I, I very much identify with that, you know. Especially, like I said, with Jordan staying home, it's that's my job right now. My job is to make sure that I that I we have enough money, and then to come home and make sure that the house is okay, so she can be taking care of the baby, yeah. and I can help at the same time doing what I can do. You Look know? at you
0: developing those conservative values. <clears throat> so,
1: <laughs> I have always been very traditional when it comes to. Um, yeah, like family, family. values like that. Yeah. And part of that, I am sure, comes from being from a very non traditional family when I was growing up, you know? So I was like, that's so craving that as a child. I'm sure that that related to this is what I want as an adult, is yeah. this is what I want, you know? So, that was something I was always very clear and upfront with with every girlfriend I've ever had because I've always been so emotional. You know, that the first girlfriend I ever had, I was like, well, I'm pretty sure I'm going to marry her even though I'm 10 years old. Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, everyone. <laughs> we've all gone through that. So, everyone, I'm like, listen, this is how it's going to be. Like I'm going to be making hella dollars and you're going to be at home taking care of the motherfuckers because this is like what's up. This, you know? this is what's up. And if you're not down, then this is not going to work. So. Man, you're so patriarchal. <laughs> I know. I know. People
0: hate it, but that's just that's just what i like, you know. i mean, if i think about it, no, i'm not going to do that. but, you know, what if say carolina cuz she's started twitch and, you know, you she had every time she she does this thing, she has like <clears throat> ex- exponential growth almost. Yeah. And uh, you know, if she gets in a position one one day where she can, she's going to do that full time. And at that time, especially if there's going to be a kid involved. Yeah. I might have to stop working to take care of the kid while she, if she maintains that it's high revenue. It's financially stream, viable, yeah. sir. So certainly, as we've,
1: we've had that discussion. Um, and again, it's only because.
0: Which I still think fits with conservative values, by the way. We
1: certainly, be in. Like I said, we've had that discussion because it were Jordan to. Have a job that made more money than I did, and yeah. w- like wouldn't cost us any more money. Everything would be legit. I'll stay at home. I don't even fuck. I'll no. do it. I don't care at all. I'll do it. Like if that's what makes the most sense. But right now, in yep. the job that I'm in, because it's such a particular finite field, you know, and I'm able to, you just do it because it makes fiscal sense. And I'm able to negotiate, not even negotiate, like talk about raises and shit when it needs to be done. You know, when I need more money, I'm like, listen, I. I need more money. Yeah, I'm moving this up, right? You know, I'm moving up in
0: the next stage of my life. I'm in a very unique area where I'm, and you your know. bosses are people that are very unique because they will they understand and will respond to that. Exactly. Because they want everybody at their place. I mean, they literally treat them like family. It's the yeah. weird it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. It goes I, it goes so counterintuitive to like the traditional like greedy business sense. Yeah. Which is <laughs> it's a refreshing thing to see. <coughs> It's a very refreshing thing to
1: see all the time. Yeah, no, I'm not opposed to it at all. Like I said, if she certainly, if she were to be in a position to make yeah. more money than I did, then make I'll, the dollars, I'll stay at home. Like you know, she wouldn't have to pump or something like that. And we yeah. could, if we could figure out food and everything worked, then I, I don't care. I'll do it. Like yeah. that's something that I'll do. I'm not. A, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not mad at it.
0: As Ilhan Omar would say, it's all about the Benjamins, baby. <laughs> all
1: about the Benjamins. Oh my god, I love that.
0: It. Is how you do a segue, uh, my friend. Yeah.
1: So. Um, before, before we start the show, you, <laughs> yeah. you, you can find us on Facebook at Salt of the Streets. You can find us on Instagram at Salt of the Streets. You can also find us at salt for everything. We have our personal social medias. I'm at salt of the street singular on Twitter and alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. He is at Big Bird Offie on both of those things. YouTube at salt of the streets. And like I said, Facebook.com or salt of the for everything. <laughs> uh,
0: so we are going to start with. We should shout out the pre show real quick because yes. we just had an outstanding <clears throat> pre show. The best one, highest rated one we've ever had is what we've did. It was so much did. fun. It was fantastic. So I would People were you, jumping in, we were having conversations. Yeah. It was it was a great time. <coughs> Everybody me. had a lot of fun.
1: If you haven't listened to it or watched it, I would implore you to go back. It was a great one. We had lots of interactions,
0: lots of talk. They you really enjoy it. And now you have no excuse. It's on the it's on your it's, podcast it's feed podcast. and it's in it's your in YouTube podcast. feed. You yeah. got it. Oh, I love having the pre-show out now. Pre-show is a lot of fun. It's good, um, but anyways, like my my segue, ha- my it was like a overreach segue because we're not going to talk about Ilhan for a minute <laughs> for, for a little bit. Um, we are going to start
1: with a local bill, Washington State bill, House Bill sixteen thirty eight that oh. uh, just I believe. On Friday, right, passed the House. Um, it passed 57 to 40, zero absent, one excused. Um, I re- I got Tuesday. We'll, we'll just say Tuesday. it passed this week. I, and I don't, I just, I don't, this is as of yeah. Saturday. So that's all I don't. Oh, yeah. And right. I don't remember. I read the article yesterday. So maybe that's what I'm thinking. It's just that I read the article yesterday. So, um, this week it passed the House, right? The Washington State House of Representatives. Um, <laughs> And House Bill 1638, we also referenced in episode 48, but it has to do with repealing the personal exemption for vaccinating your children in order for them to go to public daycare, public schools, uh, and things of that nature. So... Super interesting, right? We talked about this a little bit in the pre-show. Um, and it's obviously causing a lot of debate, um, around the state and around the country because this is something that happened in California. California has repealed yeah. the personal exemption. There's a couple of states that have already repealed a personal exemption, but maintain a religious exemption, which is what would happen in this case. A religious exemption yes. would still exist because there is no way in fuck you could get rid of that and can't do it. Have it last, uh, because that would, as everybody knows, be infringing on your religious freedom. To practice whatever religion you want. Um, Yeah. So, because if you're a Christian scientist and you want to deny modern medical care, you are allowed to do that. And while we don't agree with it, that is your right. So, that is... I'm not totally
0: sure, but I bet you Scientology has a loophole in there, too probably.
1: Um and also like Jehovah's Witness, I don't know where they sit on yeah. vaccinations, but like you know they don't take other people's blood and stuff like that. So that yeah. may very well be part of the jam. Very strange. Um, so where I personally
0: say we'll talk about our personal opinions even though that's not so, the wait, wait, focus I, of this. Did I did we actually say what the bill did yet? Yeah, yeah, okay. if it
1: repeals again we'll just just in case it repeals the personal exemption for vaccination for the MMR vaccination, we should specify for the combination measles, mumps and rubella vaccination. Um in order to get your child to enroll your child into daycare or public school. Um, and there's something else. Yeah, any like, kind of, any yeah. kind
0: of government funded yeah. support system um, or anything that's public. And
1: this comes in reaction to a large outbreak of at least 52 confirmed cases of measles. More um, than that now. It's, that's, it's, I in found the out 60s, the, right? the
0: website to go to to Word. be able to get the most update and they update it almost daily so what's the number now the number right now is 71 confirmed cases and this was as of friday and And has has
1: anybody died yet
0: i don't know if it it didn't say anything about being any deaths Um, yet uh but the 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 one thing i want to point about the numbers is that this is focused majorly like 99.9 percent in one county Yes. There is one case in King yeah. County, but there's 70 cases in Clark County. And it's county.
1: Clark County. And Clark County sits um, – oh, it's four cases in Oregon. That's what I mean, Not four deaths. Four cases okay. in Oregon. That's what I'm thinking. Sorry. Um, So this county sits right above Portland, um, and it encompasses like Vancouver and a couple other areas, right? Because that's where the representative is from that, that sponsored this. I don't want to
0: screw up the uh, – um, the ge- geography it's, of our state I'm just going to pull up the map. Yeah, I think that's what it
1: is. Um,
0: anyway, I think so.
1: Colin's going to find out for us because he's smart.
0: Um, so. Okay. Yeah. It's just, yeah, Portland, Vancouver. Yeah. It's right just north of Portland. That's
1: where the representative is from that introduced this bill or that, uh,
0: third district.
1: Yes. Um, and so 71, is that what said? 71 cases of measles that have been confirmed and it started with like two or three adults i believe that had not been vaccinated right yeah and that's so. where, where it started and then most of the cases have been children who are between seven and ten years old um that have not been vaccinated right so this bill is is in response like i said to all of these cases um and i think to its credit it comes with the best intentions, right? Because the intent is to protect the general public. And I think that that really is the case. I don't buy into any of the propaganda really that they're trying to, f- I don't know that the, I, no, any of the, the, conspiracies. Any of the non- right? I don't buy any into that, right? I truly think that it's done with the best intentions. Yeah. Cause the um,
0: conspiracies around it are like it gives you autism yes. or it, you know, it can have something ment- mental negative effects to you, um, or- which I would like to point out for
1: everybody, right? There is, Zero scientific or medical evidence that indicates any connection between the combination MMR vaccine or any vaccines and autism or any type of de- developmental delays or disorders in any way. There was one study in the early 2000s that was found later. It might even have been in the late 90s, but yeah, was, was late but 90s. was, but was found to be false in the early 2000s that showed a connection, but it, was like yeah, found to be false uh Dr. Andrew Wakefield had yep. his medical license stripped for having done that false research um there is no regardless of what anybody says there is no medical or scientific evidence to show any correlation between those two um
0: yeah it almost feels at this point like at least once a month there is a new debunking article that comes out you know sometimes it's in scientific you know, legitimate scientific journals. And a lot yes. of times it's just in the regular newspapers. But I mean, it's consistently always coming out. It, it drives me insane. So personally, right? This personally. is where I sit with it. Um, oh, I wanted to, you were saying that before we kind yes. of give our opinions on this. Yes, um, you said that, that you're sure they have done it with the best intentions,
1: I feel confident that they have. Yes, yes. I can I, never be
0: certain, but I feel
1: confident that this yeah. that this bill truly was put in place with the best of intentions because this representative who sponsored it is representative for the county where all of these people are being infected mm-hmm. with the measles virus.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And as like a libertarian, libertarians have are are torn on this issue because Mary. it's it's more government control essentially, and it's forcing you to say that you have to put. You know, a foreign agent into your body, which is very, very sketchy, manufactured by the government. Yeah, and see, well, not by the government, but uh, yeah, by government-funded organizations, right? Uh, but regulated by the government. Yeah, and 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 while that is indeed the case, there are certain times where I don't think the government is necessarily bad. Yeah, this this is one of these things that I think we have to come to terms with, like fucking the police department and the cops, and you know we have to come to terms with these are things that we want to fund because, you know, you can be a libertarian minded person and still believe in the big freedoms of of life, but understand that in our modern society we we have it pretty good, right? And it, it's not free; we pay for it, mm-hmm. you know, and we can argue all day about how that money's being spent but you know at the end of the day there's a lot of services that even modern day libertarians can't not say they want
1: um i agree correct right or not correct right oh yeah against you, you know, but but um,
0: oh i was gonna say <laughs> but they always say the road to hell is paved by good intentions yes and so it does have the possibility of It going awry. It could. It is not without certainty or it isn't certain that that could not happen. But I have enough faith in humanity, even in the government at this case, like to believe that it will not. Yes. You know, I think it'll be okay because it's proven itself time and time again.
1: I feel that we are past the time where we secretly tested things on the population without telling them you know yeah like there is no there's no question that like there is definitely documentation and evidence to show that they tested like syphilis on the tuskegee airmen you know and like things like that they shit like that has happened before and i'm not saying that it hasn't i'm not denying that because it has there's evidence of it yeah my point is that i think that we're a little bit past that there's already been evidence that come that's come out that it's happened before like that type of shit can't get by now. It's not, it doesn't work, especially with social media and with all, you know, the people that reality winter and people that are working with the government that are willing to take documents and release them when they find them. That's not, it's not going to happen because no. no matter, even if those people got put to death, right? Even if President Trump got so radical that he took reality winter and people like that and put them to death for having released classified documents, you know, Edward Snowden, if like shit like that. Even if those people were put to death, that would still happen. People are still going to do that, you know. People are going to make it. There are certain people within the United States that will make it their job Mm -hmm. to get into the government. So as to find documents that need to be released to the public.
0: I was going to say. That's how America is. If that was to happen, that would be the greatest single disaster in our society's existence. Because the minute you did that. Every single like you would have a martyr on your hands, and there would be a massive, um, you know, revolt against the government from within it. It classified well. Is the is the latest guy that's going to hand it off to somebody not going to be pissed off enough that he wants to release it? Right, because it's some bullshit. You're going to have a massive explosion in the government if that were to ever happen.
1: Um, so personally, right, I find myself in a strange position because, as we've discussed before. I am in favor of vaccinations because I think that medical science advances to certain points for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that exists so as to keep people from getting, especially children from getting polio, from getting measles, from getting mumps, from getting rubella, from getting diseases they don't need to get, right? It doesn't, we have evolved past this point. That's why we have vaccinations for them, right? That's why we've been able to test them to see that they're safe, that people can have them in masses and it turns out okay. A majority of the time, a vast majority of the time, right? Because there are certainly some people who have negative reactions. Some people who there are, are allergic to the vaccinations themselves yep, who it get happens. it and have a terrible reaction. Like, that That's does wh- happen. There's, That's
0: why we have medical waivers. and And it's...
1: People often think that it's callous, you know, to think of it as like a margin of error, you know, but science is not perfect in any capacity, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's why, that's why the Challenger exploded, you know, that's why, that's why things like this happen because even though at NASA you check over things a hundred fucking times before anybody goes into space because you're putting men into space, you know, (laughs) like, Shit well, happens. Like things still happen. You know, it's science is not perfect. The world is not perfect. We are not know? perfect at science. Human beings are not. Science perfect itself themselves. is perfect. <laughs> um, so, like I said, I, I personally agree with it because that's that's where I sit with it. I think yeah. we've evolved to that point for a reason. But I, the libertarian classical liberal part of me, is not a fan of the idea of being forced to get something right and it's not that you have to do it it's that if you want your child to be enrolled in public or private school that receives any type of state or federal funding um that they will have to have vaccinations or proof of vaccination records or proof of immunity from a doctor um and so the option is always there to go to, like, a private preschool, you know, and, a, like, a private, uh, like, homeschool type of deal. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not an option
0: for everybody, you know. Um, no, it's, a, it's, it's so, a very select, you know, few. It's a very small percentage that can not have to deal with the public education system.
1: Yeah. Um, and I, I don't by any means mean to belittle that because my kid is going to go to public school. I don't have money to go to yeah. find any shit like that. I, that's would, so I would
0: love... To be able to do that. Right. But,
1: but that's not the. That's, that's
0: why I'm for school choice, maybe. So I, I suppose for
1: really lack of any other option, mm-hmm. um, it's something that I, that I understand and, and obviously don't want to put my kid at risk um, for it because, yeah. I, I don't know, you know, but I, I I got a hard time with forcing other people to do something. And and like I said, I'm in a weird spot because it's something I agree with. You know, I don't I I think that people should be getting their kids vaccinated because if you I Most think this of one, the time, when people have some type of personal reason, it's because they believe some type of shit that isn't true, you know, or they're ignorant to it, or or something, you know. It, it's there's something wrong with what's going on there.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, there's a reason this is called a public health issue, <clears throat> yeah. and that's why at some point we have to. It has to be a public decision to what to do. I mean, this is somebody's. If you allow people to to say that they, you know, if you pass this law, right? Does that not somehow impend? <sighs> no, if you if you allow anti-vaxxers <laughs> to be to just be anti-vaxxers, you know, you know, anybody can be an anti-vaxxer, whatever. You know, get immunized and hopefully you'll you'll be okay. This is just going to happen. Yeah, like is would that be protected essentially from almost? <sighs> Cause you're doing harm to the public at that point is what I'm trying to say. You, and it could be you're argued- doing harm to the public, which means you're in, you by exercising this right of freedom of expression yeah. are now, it has effects towards my life potentially. You know, it, I am in direct conflict now with the disease that I didn't, you know, that we could have as a country gotten rid of right and now you're putting me in the life of my family and my neighbors and everything so
1: especially because the vaccine isn't perfect like just because you got it doesn't mean that you'll never get it no you know, there's still a chance that you can get measles if somebody yeah, has there's it. always you know, a small percentage it, there's always a chance that you can get it and that's not just why it's like, important know,
0: but that's why you know it's important that everyone else as many people as possible get vaccinated because it creates that that What is that, the cloud of protection or something, whatever they call it? Yeah, whatever that's called. Yeah, so if you have a 100 people in a room and one of them isn't immunized, there's a very, very good chance that she's never going to, you know, that person is ever going to come into contact with that disease. But, you know, the more people you have drop out, the bigger it spreads, and it it gets gnarly. And so I think now, you know, regardless, you're still going to have to do it. This is a public... You know yeah. I think we're both on the same side on this one and I don't want to just repeat it over and over again so let me just ask you this since it passed the house the state house um, yes. you know uh, 57 to 40 they are 57 Democrats and 41 Republicans in the house so one of them um one of those seats I think is empty so essentially it looks like it was just literally split on party lines and it's just because the Dem- and the Democrats control the Senate too right yeah 57 40, 41. Oh, it's like that in Oh, you know, no, in the, in, in the Senate? Yeah. Yeah, they, they still control the House um, 27 to 20. And that's in the Senate. So and that's yeah. in the Senate. So
1: I don't see you're going to ask me if I think it passes the Senate. Yeah. I don't see why not. Um, I think that it almost definitely gets challenged by at least one person um, in the state who has enough money to do it. Yeah. Um, but I think that... And I'm not a lawyer, you know, but you get enough doctors that go in there because you can't get a doctor to argue on the side of personal exemption. You know, no. There's, there's no medical evidence for them to cite for that. There's, I mean, there's this guy, uh, what's his name? Robert F. Kennedy Jr. that, um, and I don't, I saw a picture of him and I don't know Is that he a I, I don't think that he's a Kennedy. So I, I, but I think that I, I don't know, you know, I'm really confused. Um, maybe he's his parents were just trying real, real hard, but. He's like a a big anti-vaxxer, and he said that there's no, he said, we don't know the risk, um, you know, of this, like of this personal, like of this, you know, yeah, and there's no safety testing, and that's not the case. You know, I mean, this has been tested like numerous times, like that's just a lie. You know, it's just, it's just false information. Is
0: he a doctor? No, he's just a guy. I don't know, like, where he comes from or anything. Just another ignorant public figure. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if, See, the problem is I don't know exactly – I don't know the makeup of our Senate, you know, political, you know, on their political ideologies and stuff. So is there – and I don't know because we focus so much on the federal level. We know the numbers pretty well. You need a 60-vote majority, all this stuff. But obviously you can't have a 60-vote majority in the House Senate. So I don't know – is that above the threshold for a veto proof? I, th-
1: I think so. I think that you just need a majority in yeah. our in our state legislature, but that's something that I would have to fact check to yeah. be certain.
0: And then I would assume, um, which is kind of
1: weird, yeah, because it's... And if it goes to Jay Inslee, he'll definitely sign it. He'll definitely it sign he's it. the one that put out the public health uh,
0: state of emergency for yep. it. So. Which has cost the state over a million dollars already, by the way. For in what? Like, where's th- that money going? I think it's going? the amount of, uh, you know, public... Healthcare assistance and stuff that people have to get, um, you know, people that are on like Medicaid stuff like that. Um, yeah, you know, they have to. The government has to foot the bill. There's a lot of subsidies and insurance. Anybody that's got Obamacare, you know, that's all subsidized by the government. And those people are going to get vaccinated and shit. Yeah, interesting. That's weird, man. Well, I mean, you get sick with. I mean, a lot of there's a lot of hospital hospitalizations. Yeah, and, you know, it's a very expensive thing. It's not. uh it's not a good deal, man. So I just, but I guess the only problem I was reading an article about this earlier, and they had kind of posed the question, you know, the, the is it still going to pass because <clears throat> the 105 day legislative session um, for the state of Washington ends April 28th, so it ends in just over you a know over a month. month and a half, yeah. And, and I don't know, can they can the Senate debate it, you know, good enough in – and vote on it in that amount of time. I, I just don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say because you know it's it's hard to watch and stay as involved in the on the federal level and on the state level. Oh, absolutely. And so it's hard to maintain those. You know the 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 inner workings of the the politics that's at play there. So who knows if it'll actually pass and get signed? But it's on its way up. <clears throat> um. Fucking Inslee's too busy out there campaigning for president to give a shit, probably. <laughs> Which
1: I think is unfortunate because he's not going to win.
0: Um, but yeah, how much I've, money is that wasting? A lot. Ugh. A lot
1: of money and a lot of time. Um, but it's, nope. I don't know. You know, I like I said, I feel, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to formulate a final opinion. You know, final thoughts. I, but I just, I feel conflicted on it. You know, I I think that it is obviously in the best interest of the public. But there's a lot of people that are going to be unhappy because they're not... Because now they're being told. For, for whatever reason, you know, and that's not like... I don't understand why, but for whatever any number of reasons it could be, they're not going to be able to thank themselves to the point that you did, you know, where you're like, in the end, it's a public health concern, you know, and this mm-hmm. is what needs to be done. Like, no, I don't like it either because I'm sure you don't, you know, but this, this is what needs to be done. So as to no. avoid... People from bringing back diseases that we have all but eradicated from the earth. And know. I think from
0: a libertarian's point of view, there are so few of you truly out there. Like it's up. To, it should behoove you to want to make sure they don't get measles and die <laughs> because <laughs> you your need ideas the will spread more. You need the numbers. So That's make really sure funny. they get vaccinated. Libertarians for vaccinations. It's a new coalition. It's a new super pack. We're going to start. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put money in that pack. Yeah. Oh, we're about to talk about some some packs here in a second, aren't yeah. we?
1: Uh, so if anybody has any questions, any, any opinions, anything like that on that, obviously let us know um, in the comments or wherever you're watching or listening to this, or you can always reach out to us on any of our social medias. Let us know what you think. So uh, next you want to move on to the anti-bigotry resolution that passed in the House, correct? Yeah. So do you want to give a little bit of background in this, right? Because it started with Ilhan Omar. Um, yes, a representative long time ago. freshman representative from Minnesota, uh, fresh Democrat. Yeah, Min. Um,
0: fresh, fresh, fresh freshman.
1: Yeah, and some of the controversial tweets are from several years
0: ago. 2012 um, was the first recorded, but some of them um, are
1: much more recent
0: than that. Yes, and especially the the late the one that spurred on this this resolution here. Um, and actually actually deleted
1: before you continue yes um, it's important to note only for the content of this conversation not because we believe in intersectionality or any of the bullshit right she is an immigrant from somalia who is a muslim and she is also the first representative to wear a hijab while in the house yes right Um, there was a rule
0: that was passed in the house of congress yes after she was elected that removed that rule where you know you weren't allowed to wear head coverings which depending on how you look at that perspective is a good thing yes and a you know a <clears throat> fundamentally strange thing <laughs> but i think it, at least in today's world with today's mindset i think it's a good thing 100% Correct. so only
1: only for the the context of this conversation is that important
0: yeah Okay, go ahead. And, and actually, if you want the inside scoop on intersectionality, you should go over and listen to my blog post from this week. If you haven't, I broke down a little Culture War 101 on my my newly named, I minted my own blog post. <laughs> yeah. Because I made it my own, and it's called The Birdcage, Office Birdcage. You're funny. It's, it, it makes me happy. Um, but, anyways, go check that out. I, I talk about what intersectionality is and where it comes from. And it's important to note that you have an understanding of what intersectionality is before you really can probably grasp some of the finer nuances going on here in the background. So anyways, back in uh, 2012, well, no, we'll skip up to the one that really just got her (laughs) in trouble. The the problem is there was a lot of – she's made a lot of anti-Semitic statements over the years. Yeah. Since she's been in politics, even back on the state level. And so it's just kind of goes, oh, okay, I got it. So anyways, this last one was back, it was during like the, I can't remember the exact date, but it was on a weekend. And it was, I remember because I listened to it when I was shoveling snow. So it was during snowpocalypse yeah. a few weeks ago. And, um, but she had responded to a tweet from... Uh, one of your favorite people, Glenn Greenwald. Yep. Um, and said, when he said the GOP leader Kevin McCarthy threatens punishment for Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib over the criticisms of Israel. It's stunning how much time U.S. political leaders spend defending a foreign nation, even if it means attacking the free speech rights of Americans. And she responded by saying, It's all about the Benjamins, baby. Yes. And uh <laughs>
1: and okay, so and that implies um, for because before I, I want to say that I I had a hard time with this right because I'm not Jewish, mm-hmm. um, and so not that I'm not I don't I'm saying oh, I don't even fucking see when anybody says any racist shit or anything, but it's not like something that's that's so blatant to me, you know, mm-hmm. to see underlying like anti-Semitism that is being argued here, right? Because the implication in that is that. There are Jews in America that are paying politicians to influence the policy on Israel that we have in in the government, um, which which is a to a, to a certain extent is true. There are Jewish people that are contributing to politics, but that is not directly to influence the policy that we have on Israel. Yeah,
0: there is um, actually a a pack um, that is. It's called the. Was it she, which she has called out once before? It's a APAC, the American Israel Public Affairs Committee. But they don't make political contributions. No, they don't. Yeah. But that's part of the thing that people get lost on here is that there is a technically a Jewish pack, but they don't actually make political contributions here. Yeah. So that's not. They're just. A that's political not even a body. thing. And so, by purely factual, you're you would be correct that yes, there are there's definitely jewish people out there that contribute to political campaigns right and, and i'm sure fund you know as they are legally and, allowed to do exactly that's that's the way the system works you can totally do that but the problem is depending on your interpretation of it there is a conspiracy that you know the you know the jews hold all the gold jews you run know. america yeah and it's they run the world it's there's this this giant goal that's they're the fucking globalists which it's, we don't
1: believe or condone here at Salt of the Streets, no, just to fucking ridiculous. put it on the record.
0: And so, by saying it's all about the Benjamin's baby, referring to a, you know, Glenn Greenwald talking about U.S. Pol- political leaders essentially being bribed or paid to, you know, side with the state of Israel.
1: Which I think that. That context also gets lost, right? It's rarely reported that she's like the the tweet that she's responding to, just that she said that, you know? And I think the context is super important. Like mm-hmm. I know that Ben Shapiro talked about this whole thing because it's important, but a, he's talked of- about this No, I mean like like both of these tweets, like this whole section where a lot of places are just saying, oh, she said this. You know, it's all about the Benjamins in reply to a tweet. I I re-listened to all those episodes, by the way, last night. So it's interesting to see the difference, right? That Ben Shapiro is like, no, 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 no. To see the problem, you have to look at what she's responding to Mm -hmm. when a lot of other places are just saying that she's in response to a tweet. She said this, Yeah, you know. And that totally takes away what the fuck she's talking about. If she's just saying Israeli really policy is all about the Benjamins, like, no shit, American fucking politics is all about the money. Like In that all case, you're just saying something that's a fact. But when it's when it's paired with what she's responding to in that context, that doesn't look very
0: good. No. So it go does ahead. not look good. Yeah. So what's, so it,
1: what's the next one? Because that wasn't that long ago. That was just a couple weeks ago, right? That was
0: the latest. That was the nail in the coffin. Oh, okay. That was the um, last one. And a I don't remember if that's the one that she deleted, but she had later on uh, said that Jewish money is responsible for American Israel support and referred to APAC. Yeah. But she had since apologized for that one and walked it back. She's she's had to Because it's factually incorrect. Because as yes. we be
1: said, APAC does not make political donations. Yeah. In fact political they, are contributions.
0: A, they are they are a bipartisan lobbying group. Yeah. You know, and if you were not aware of this, um, you know, people that do tend to believe that conspiracy, which is what it is, um, also tend to believe that the the notorious Jews, as it were, are more of a um, kind of capitalist. They're always the rich upper class elites. And, yeah. You know, so that makes them generally conservative. And, you know, in your typical, like, uh, Prager, Dennis Prager, that's like your typical... They're conspiracy Jew. That's your typical But they don't Jew. realize that some of the most prominent left activists are also Jewish. And there is a vast, you know, a majority of the population of the of the you know, the Jewish population that is leftist. Yeah. They're split up just like anyone else. And uh but, anyways, that actually by definition, so we'll go back to it's all about the Benjamin's baby. Right? Yep. because I want to do we want to do you think this is an anti-semitic trope? does that is that statement an anti-semitic trait or um, statement? I certainly don't think it looks very good. Yeah, it's not like real blatant um right but you're obviously you are calling on the trope that the you know, you're referring back to the the Jewish money conspiracy aren't, yeah when in that context, which by definition, under the, uh, let's see here. What is by the state department? Um, believing in one of those conspiracies is by definition, anti-Semitism. Really? Yes, it absolutely is calling for aiding or justifying the killing or harming of Jews, often in the name of a radical ideology or an extremist view of religion. These are some examples of anti-Semitism by the, um, the state department. Uh so making mendacious dehumanizing de- demonizing or stereotypical allegations about Jews as such or the power of Jews as a collective especially but not exactly the myth about the the world Jewish conspiracy or of <laughs> Jews controlling the media economy oh. government or other Societal institutions.
1: Oh, shit. A- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's what it says?
0: That's what it says. Oh, that is a by government
1: book. definition. That's, oh, then that is by no question anti <laughs> Semitic. That's
0: unfortunate. See, I'm not even I'm like, so not- oh, man. Because I wanted to have that's the opportunity fucked. to do that because when you read the definition, oh, that's bad. It is by definition an anti Semitic statement. Yeah, that's no good. And so now, the fun part about this is now watching the reaction in Congress to right. this situation, because that was, I think,
1: what what caused Democrats the biggest problem, right? Yes, um, was obviously this was a problem, but as seen by evidence of Steve King. It's something that a political party can get over. You know, you deal with it. Let's, them, you, let's, I, what is will, the Steve King thing? Um, so Steve King and I, Just I'm real trying quick. to pull up some of his tweets here because we've talked we can, about it before, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, but, so Steve King is a Republican representative mm-hmm. who was recently stripped of his committee assignments for making numerous racist tweets, right? Yeah.
0: Um, I and the one that really, foot the, the bill was towards the end there. He had said, said something about how, you know, why is being a white nationalist wrong? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And yeah that was yeah, the, yeah. that was the straw that broke the camel's and back. And that, on that, that one. wasn't
1: even a tweet. Yeah. That he was being interviewed and said that. So he said a lot of shit that especially Democrats had a problem. You know, it said that it was racist, right? So after this, Republicans were like, you know what? You're right. That's a super racist and we're going to take him off all these committees because, yeah. which, many people would argue is not enough, right? If he's racist and people are going to admit it, then he should be... You should kick him out of Congress. Right. But he's saying he's not a racist, he just says racist shit, you know? That's... Oh, I don't even know if I can get into a conversation about, like, does saying racist stuff make you a racist? Like, And
0: we've talked about that before, so so, so, I just want to give a little background on that if we're going to reference it. Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: Especially because it's going to be important later. Yes. Um, Steve King said... While they understand that culture and demographics are our destiny, we can restore our civilization civilization with somebody else's babies. Um And that was in reference to like another tweet. It's going to pull up here. Yeah. Um, so, Said a lot of stuff that is widely not cool. Um, yeah, pretty
0: pretty white supremacy. Yes, you and know, so heavy in the white supremacy. Yeah, but he was eventually called out for it, and they, like you said, they stripped him of all his his committee seats and all of his assignments. Yes. So he is just there. He, he just votes now. He just That's votes now, and half the, the time he just votes present. Um, which means that your vote goes nowhere which is what he vote. did this time yeah um, which we'll get to but um it was house resolution 40 by the way
1: yes so there's another thing that we'll get to right because obviously there there were Jews in both parties um, that came out that were highly offended yeah highly offended in the things that she had said and demanding apologies um the head of I of one of the committees what well, his name is elliot angle um he's a head of one of the committees in the house of representatives he came out and demanded a, a an apology but then also said that he wasn't going to punish her which was really weird um and <laughs> there's uh jim Clyburn. jim Clyburn, who is the
0: jim Clyburn.
1: yeah jim Clyburn is the majority whip um yes for the democrats in the house he was asked about the statements and i have it here my computer is just slower than all shit (laughs) Uh, so it's going to take me a minute to get to it oh Um, that's yeah it was it was he's a representative
0: from the bronx too by the way
1: yeah um and he's the head of of one of the committees i just don't remember which committee it is oh i actually have to click Um, the
0: wikipedia link I'm sure it'll be in there. We'll tell you. There we go. Um,
1: So he came out and demanded an apology and said that what she said was anti-Semitic and that her remarks had no place on committees or in the house. Um, ooh, that
0: just got exciting. He's the chair of the house foreign affairs committee. So
1: that's what it is,
0: right? Ilhan Omar sits on. Yes. As a, Uh, as a freshman representative, by the way, which is, Strange, which is strange. Um, that was part because, of the deal with Nancy Pelosi when she when they got in.
1: Because the Foreign Affairs Committee is such a prestigious committee that it generally takes a while to get there. Yeah, that's um,
0: a experienced members only club usually. Yes. Um, so, which is fine because it's up to the parties to make that call. Yeah, they yeah, can put whoever they want in.
1: There's numerous people, including Elliot Engel, and like I will say, Jim Clyburn. I'll I'll go over that in just a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, that came out in defense of what she said and said that she wasn't being anti-Semitic. She's just speaking on American policy on Israel, right? Which is something that you could argue if you ignored the facts, right? Because, again, as we went over, um, APAC doesn't make political contributions. So the money that flows through there could in no way influence um, Israeli policy since they don't make political contributions. Nope. It. Um, uh, in reference to everything being all about the money, you know when when Glenn Greenwald is talking about money that flows into the government to influence Israeli policy,
0: indeed, that
1: would certainly imply you know it could be argued that it doesn't, but it seems to me that it implies that it would be Jewish money that it would be influencing Israeli policy right and one thing that and Glenn I,
0: Greenwald is Jewish, is he
1: not? I do not know through I cannot attest to that I think he's um, an ethnic Jew. So Jim Clyburn, right? This yep. is an article from McClatchyDC.com. Again, he's the um, House Majority Whip, right? Yes. Okay. And a whip is is like he's a he's like more senior he's a more senior member of the party and his job is to when it's time to vote, he gets people in line. He gets the votes counted. He finds out where they're at and how many votes they need And so mm-hmm. that he works with the leadership directly to get things done, right? Um So Glyburn has suggested, and like I said, this is a quote from clatchdc.com. Glyburn has suggested over the past week that colleagues be empathetic to Omar, pointing out she lived through the trauma of a Somali refugee camp in Kenya during her formative adolescent years. Very different from the descendants of slaves and relatives of Holocaust survivors who claim intimacy with similar horrors. And this is a quote. A lot of people in this caucus will talk about slavery. We never experienced slavery. A lot of our people will talk about the Holocaust. You didn't experience the Holocaust. You may have inherited its legacy, and I've inherited the legacy of slavery, said Clyburn, the highest-ranking black Black member of Congress. Ilhan Omar lived in a refugee camp. She brings that experience to this body with her, and I think we need to honor and respect that and not beat up on her. So
0: That is intersectionality at play. So
1: I agree that we certainly should respect the experiences that she has in her life because that's going to influence who she is as a person. But to act as though that somehow negates the things that she says, that I don't understand, right? The other thing I was really confused by is I don't know that much about Jim Clyburn, so I can't speak to him directly, right? Mm -hmm. But when it comes to certainly the newer freshman members of the political party, of the Democratic Party, they don't agree with that because they're still talking about how people are being affected by slavery today. They're demanding reparations. A lot of these people running are demanding reparations. Yep. So to talk about how slavery, like in this to say like it's slavery doesn't really matter, you know, because none of these people who are alive now were influenced by it anyway, you know, like it's something we should remember, but she just experienced that. So we need to like really pay attention to that. Like said, as, as though it somehow
0: negates what she said and though it's racist, right? And that's, I, it's important to say because he's trying, he's assuming that because again, this is, this is the effect of looking at it through an intersectional lens. Yes. Now her oppression is higher on the scale of importance to give this merit. But in reality, though her experiences that put her there make her the person she is today, who we should be looking at, not basing our judgment off of what she went through. Yeah. We should be basing our judgment off of what's going on right in front of us.
1: Because I don't, like, it's almost like he's saying that we should just feel sympathetic to her, you know, and we should, like, let it go because, well, she's been through a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. And these other people who are saying that it's offensive because they have family members who went through the Holocaust. Like, it's not really because, you know, that was so long ago. But, like, we, and I I don't really understand that, you know. It seems to me that we should... Like, respect we have sympathy if,
0: for what she went through. We get that. It's, it but that's seems not what we're more, talking about.
1: It seems to me the more logical line of thinking is that we should respect and honor where she's come from and the progress that she's made, you know? And yeah. I, I think that it, it's important to know, right? Not that it – because it doesn't excuse it. But it's interesting to know that she is Muslim, right? So it's not, like, wholly surprising that she would have those views on Israel, you know, that she doesn't – she doesn't, like – believe she doesn't agree with the current policy on israel you know with what's going on there she doesn't think that it should be its own state within everything that's going on because it's it's a jewish state surrounded by a muslim state right it's very complicated so to so say that. right so i'm like i said i'm not saying it excuses it but it's not totally surprising that especially because she doesn't come from an americanized like if she was muslim from america you know she might have more americanized political views but because she's come from somalia she's not going to have the same type of views on Israel that she might have where she raised here. Yeah, again, I, I'm not. you are
0: affected in some way by and, the, your surroundings. Right. And, and I'm not she,
1: arguing any type of way. I'm yeah. just thinking logically, right, that her opinion is going to be based partially from where she's from and the way that she was raised. And the opinions that are going to come out in Somalia, especially in a refugee camp, are going to be different then would be here. And I, I'm not by any means saying excuse because it doesn't. She's still absolutely is culpable for what she said and is fucked. Like that's that's anti-Semitic <laughs> it's racist. That's not cool. I'm not saying that it's okay. But I yep. think it's not surprising to me is what I'm saying. It's not totally surprising to me that she would say something like this. Mm-hmm. It's shocking to me that there are members of Congress numerous members of Congress that are willing to defend it. You know? And are saying yes. well we gotta think about where she came from. You know? Because I agree but the same argument could be made for Steve King, if he's from the South, raised in a time where it's okay to be kind of racist, then why is that not cool? But she, it can, but she can be ago. racist too. But she can be racist to Jewish people. Yeah, because she's like you said, like that's you cannot... because what he said it doesn't automatically make me think of intersectionality and oppression hierarchy, like like you kind of said, it, like Ben Shapiro said earlier this mm-hmm. week, right? But when you start talking about her ability to say things like that, but Steve King is not allowed to say things like that. That's where it seems to be unfair to me, right? Because that's the same thing. Regardless of what anybody says, even this new progressive, so, yeah, this new progressive, progressive idea of, of level. only white people can be racist, right? Because that's bullshit. On the level of everybody can be racist, Steve King saying racist shit and her implying racist shit is the exact same thing because they're no. both representatives, right? It's unfortunate because he's a more senior and he really should know better. But if she's going to be representative, she should know better because she's in the house now, yeah. right? And there was something else she said. There was a group that she came out in support of and I can't fucking remember what their name is. Ben Shapiro was talking about it, but it's a group who's one of their political values is they seek to for Israel to not exist anymore. Oh, it's it's you
0: know? a... It's more of a movement. It's the BDS movement. Yes. The boycott, yes. divot, or devote, and. Yes. Oh, what yes. is the word? I wrote it down. Yes. Boycott. So, and one of these political movements stated. Divestment and sanctions. Boycott, so divestment one and One of sanction. their
1: stated uh missions, like part of their, not their mission statement, but one of their stated goals is for Israel to not exist anymore, right? Which either means the death of millions of Jews, which we already know has happened before right or for them to be all expelled from where they live now you know which in its that is anti-semitic for the to like to support something like that would be supporting something that is anti-semitic right yes so it is not directly anti-semitic but certainly by only one degree of separation is it directly anti-semitic you know and it, it it's that's weird. Like, that's just like giving money to the KKK. Just like people said that Jeff Sessions did. Like, he's not in the KKK, but he's got a homeboy who's in the KKK. You know? Yep. <laughs> that's the same fucking thing. That's the exact same thing. And it is it is crazy to me that it's not being looked at that way, you know? And one of the things that I have here is fucking my, my notes here. Um, is, is the democratic, I hate the term whataboutism, right? But the democratic, like, whataboutism and comparing Ilhan Omar to Steve King. right? Yes. Like, that's, like, those, those are the same thing. And if you are going to demand that Steve King committee assignments are taken away from him and all assignments are taken away from him, then the same thing should happen to Ilhan Omar. Yes. That is, 100% hypocritical to be like no 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 we don't need to take anything from her she doesn't need to be punished for Elliot Engel a Jewish member of the house to be like well I don't agree and she should apologize but she should still sit on the committee you the know? leader of
0: her committee
1: because he knows and everyone else knows because maybe and I'm just postulating here right that Nancy Pelosi is like Yo, she get me here. You can't say shit. Like, I I have to stay here. You know, I I made a promise to her that she gets to be on the Foreign Relations Committee. She needs to be on the Foreign Relations Committee, you know? Because you know that if she's going to be there, Elliot Engel has to sign on for it. Yeah. He's part of the leadership, you know? They've already had this discussion. So, (laughs) I don't understand it. This is the
0: really exciting part for me because when you bring up Nancy Pelosi, right? Yeah. And her involvement. Because I mentioned earlier that meeting that AOC had where... Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib um, about um, all the things they they demanded happen in the party on that on that house or the congressional level. And Nancy gave in. It is almost Nancy does not have. She has lost control of the party. She does not have control of her party. anymore. So I don't. And I think when we talk, I'm going to say that now. Before we start talking about how the development of this resolution evolved and changed. okay, And and I um, will point out every now and again, as we just kind of talk about the stage, this is where she lost power. This is where she lost power.
1: Because I've heard that argument this week, and I think I could maybe understand it for Nancy Pelosi in part, right? But like Ben Shapiro, and I heard someone else make the argument this week that the... More establishment Democrats, right? Dianne Feinstein and mm-hmm. and people like that in the Senate, and and Nancy Pelosi in the House, have lost control of Democratic Party, and it is now in control of the new progressive wing of the party, right? Because that's an argument that is being made, and I don't
0: agree with that, right? I'm I excited. don't think
1: that's the case. So we I'm will thinking get to the that.
0: Democratic ideology, she has lost control of its direction.
1: And I don't know that that's the case. Sweet, I can't um, wait to do that.
0: So Sweet. So I would love to because I would love for you to change my mind. By the way, because the thought of that happening freaks me the fuck out on a level <laughs> yeah. I can't even comprehend. No, no you're good.
1: Um, so we'll talk about it. You know, I don't. I don't know that I'll change your mind, but I think I might make you feel a little more comfortable. You know, I hope so. Um,
0: so I want to sleep at night, man.
1: So when all these things happened. And the Democrats said that they would not strip Rashida Tlaib... I'm sorry, Ilhan Omar of her... That's. I'm glad we're not more famous
0: because that <laughs> would be fucking terrible. Um <laughs> Yeah, th- this would be a week-long tweet they, apology. Yeah. Our numbers would um, drop 30% for three weeks. When the
1: Democratic leadership said they would not strip Ilhan Omar of her committee assignments. They decided that they wanted... The Republicans demanded a resolution be passed to... Call her out to to call her out to name her and and say that that's not cool and that anti semitism is not cool and we don't do that here
0: right just like they did for Steve King
1: and enough people in the
0: Democratic Party got upset about it that it, you have a time on so give me I a do. little yeah so give me that so yeah they they demanded that right and that's what started this whole train well so the first draft of it it was H R which is House Resolution by the way H R one eight three. And it was denouncing anti-Semitic speech, um, but it started off with Nancy Pelosi. She demanded that they not include her name, like they did Ilhan in HR 40, yeah, yeah, with Steve King, because they called out Steve King, I think, about a dozen times in or about a said. two-page, um, you know, resolution, and that's what the Republicans wanted, and she, that was the first thing that she did was say, "No, uh, we're not going to do that," and then. They took that forward, and then the Congressional Black Caucus and the Congressional Progressive Caucus said they didn't like the resolution um, because they wanted it, uh, they said it was suggestive of only only <coughs> what Omar said and not just as, as anti-Semitic speech in general. Yeah. So that's kind of what was their, their deal. So they ended up pulling her name, and then... Uh, Oh, hang on here. I forget how I had my notes lined up in in this order here. And I should preface to say, the person that called this out was on CNN. It was Chris Cuomo who actually called out a the shit show that this this bill went right. through. Uh, but anyways, and going back, and then people wanted to add in. Next, they wanted to add in the fact that, we well, it shouldn't just be anti-Semitism. I mean, what about... too. Yeah, we need racism. What about Islamophobia? What about all the intersectional boxes? We need to check these things. Yeah. And I think ended up uh, in the actual statement, the word Jewish hate or something like that came about seventh in line. <laughs> In all these things. Even though that's the whole that point of this denouncing. whole thing.
1: That's why this whole thing yes. started was because a and member so, of the Democratic Party who is now one of the freshman members of the House Foreign Relations Committee said something anti-Semitic and supports a group that is in favor of... I don't want to say the destruction of Israel because that's really extreme, but Israel not existing anymore.
0: The the destruction of the Jewish the state, state of Israel. Of Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um I mean, you're not wrong. It started as Ilhan Omar being a I'm good, an anti saying something anti-Semitic, and they wanted to call her out for it. Yep. And then it turned into a vote against bigotry, you know, in all and hate in all its forms. Yeah, which resulted in two dozen Republicans voting against it. And this was something I was again I was really surprised to hear Chris Cuomo call this out. He said the fact that a group of Republicans feel so strongly about this that it is such a political piece of travesty, you know, uh, the garbage, that they're not going to vote for a open declaration of a denunciation of of hate. Says something about how screwed up the politics are, how bad the partisanship is. He doesn't blame them for not voting for it because it, it is a disgusting piece of trash. The fact that you... You turned what was supposed to be a calling out of somebody in the House of Representatives at the the level of the federal government for saying something openly anti-Semitic, openly anti-Semitic and who has had a number of anti-Semitic statements in the past, which are easily called out. I mean, I watched probably a half a dozen of them yesterday. Yeah. It is, it's insane. Just Google it. You'll find it. But... <laughs> you can't even call her out by name and denounce what she said.
1: Well, and again, even by the argument of, of as you would say, the intersectional left, right? As as, as white, non-Jewish males, it's not up to us to decide if it's anti-Semitic or not. We don't but, get to decide But anything. of the numerous, at least at the very minimum, the, num- the numerous Jewish members of the Democratic Party and of Congress that have come out and said that it is anti-Semitic, that in itself should be enough proof for anybody that it is anti-Semitic. That they, yeah, right. They perceived it to be that way. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's
0: wild. It is the most and this is why I kinda of think that ultimately Nancy and the leadership in general has lost control of the ideological direction of the party, because that should not have ever happened. This was an ideological bill. This was just a denunciation of anti Semitism. But it turned into a a partisan defense project. Yeah. In the in my eyes, which I mean, it's hard to do because she is, she lives up to her name every time she gets on television as Skeletor. Because even when she's talking, she's doing this thing with her jaw and like moving her dentures around and just staring off into space. And it, it's, it's troubling to watch for one. I will yeah. say that she's not aged well. Um, but <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just in reality, it happens. Yeah. You know, but uh, it just doesn't look like she. It, it looks like a hostage video, like Megan Kelly's um, apology for the blackface thing. Stop it! Stop <laughs> it! Have you seen
1: fucking Chuck Grassley? I don't even want to talk about Nancy Pelosi. If we're gonna not gonna talk about Chuck Grassley, oh, that is yeah. some partisan nonsense.
0: Sir. That's okay. That there is. there well.
1: are older, nastier, fucking crusty <laughs> white men in the Republican Party than anywhere else in Florida or Arizona. Oh, that I that's right. wow, yeah.
0: Wow, yeah. Florida and Arizona. Yeah, are you getting out of here, baby girl? So not like, that over, I love Nancy Pelosi,
1: but I, I can't listen to her
0: be slandered like that. Okay, very well. I well, I'll leave your girlfriend Nancy Pelosi alone. <laughs> By the way, you cannot defend your new girlfriend Nancy Pelosi and not defend your old ex girlfriend Megan McCain. <laughs> Have you heard? Did you what see did that Meghan thing McCain that she say? got involved into? No. Oh, what God. did she say? Um. Well, so this is like a little side spinoff. I don't know. We almost pretty much tackled that that thing.
1: No. So I'm gonna talk in the to, house. So I want to talk about Nancy Pelosi. Okay.
0: Right. Nancy Pelosi. Yes. Yes. And yes. the Democrats as a whole.
1: Right. Because I like I said I heard this argument this week also, and I think the one big piece of evidence that I would use right mm-hmm. is the Green New Deal, right. Yes. When all these people came out, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez is like, she's out, she, Damn it, she, you and got I, me. she's like, I, you know, I'm the boss now. If you're not going to yeah. do it, I'm the boss now because I got these fucking things because we'll I'm talk about boss. that later, right? So and New green, York, the Green New york new deal. As
0: billboard says, no, we're the boss. Nancy
1: Pelosi said, you know, and I, I you know, I, uh, I applaud your whatever she said. Your, your you know, gumption. Yeah, yeah, whatever she said. She's but, old enough to say But we're not going to do that, right? And, and in the Senate, just this week, there was video that came out of some kids that showed up at, and diane feinstein's office see and they're talking about you need to pass the green new deal you need to do this and she said that's not how this works she Mm -hmm. said oh i you know i just won a big election but i guess you know better than i do you know she's being kind of a dick but she's being realistic i i I agree with it i think she's fine because there's if you are going to bring your kid down there and you are going to let them talk to a member of Congress, right, and espouse their views as a child or as 16 or as 18-year-olds or as anybody, right, you need to prepare them for the idea that there are larger things that work here than the ideals that you have when you go there. Okay. And I people yes. would argue that that's crushing to your children and you need to promote what they're doing. But I know for a fact that if I was to bring Dax to go and see Derek Hilmer because he did not agree with something that is going on. say so yeah, I applaud you because this is part of your duty as an American, as a child here, to be able to say what you want. But you should understand, we can have a discussion about this whole scope of everything, right? But if you don't want to talk about that, then you need to understand that there are larger things at work here than just your opinion. There are more things going on here, and politics is a bigger game than you know, right? Yes. And if you're not going to tell your kids that... Then they're gonna get fucking schooled by a senator when they go down there and they're telling her that, oh, we're the generation of blah, 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 and we're all their shit. And she's like, that's fine. But in the end of the day, in the world of politics, it is a waste of my time for me to put my name on something that I know will not pass in the Senate. It is a waste of my time, realistically. There and are it's other things that look I bad should be on doing. my record. And there's other things I should be doing for you. There's yep. other shit that I should be doing other than putting my name on something when I can come in here and tell you I think it's a great idea. But we can't pass it. So I would rather focus on something else. Because that's really what's going on here. Damn you know? you. You got me. Now, that's my evidence. I will
0: say this. I retract my previous statement. <laughs> <today, laughs> and I will insert a new one. And that is that Nancy Pelosi has not indeed lost the control of her party. Because as we know, the House of Representatives lies below the Senate. Yeah, And the Senate, I will say, has zero – I mean, you could – on a deep dive political insider baseball stuff, you could say there's activist senators. But for the most part, in the Senate, the most activist senator you have is probably Kamala Harris – and, you know, and that's pretty passive. And that's because, because. it's all just
1: words and no legislation. And that's because there's a broader base of people you have to appeal to if you're going to be yes. a senator than just a person. Because I looked up the numbers, right, for her district. And there was, I think, 11,000 people that voted for Joe Crowley. And 14,000 people that voted for Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. So there's yes. 25,000 people who voted, like in her district, right? Oh, yeah. That in was something. In her district. So I did look if, up. So I had she's gonna said go, it was
0: a landslide victory before. And, and you said you didn't think so. And so. And yes, you were so very I, right.
1: So I looked at it, it. And I would say it for the scale of how many votes are there, it's a large, you know, but. Relative. But it's only 25,000 people. You yeah. Know, and that's a point that a lot of people made. But if. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is to try and run for Senate. She's going to have to appeal to half of the state. And that's going to be for not even half the state for, I mean, the whole state, because it's, you just pick two senators, you know, like they don't represent halves of the state. Yeah. I wonder what the numbers
0: game is for New York City and
1: upstate. And that's what you'll have to compete with is people who live there that are Democrats because they're, you know, socially liberal, like in a, or socially progressive, whatever. They have a fuckload of money. And she's talking about taking 70% of anything over $10 million. There's people in New York that are like, you can suck my dick. Like, <laughs> I'm absolutely not. I don't know. I make all these TV shows. I'm a producer for 30 TV shows on ABC. You can hold my dick if you're taking 70% of my money after $10 million. Oh, yeah. Like, so I, she's going to have a hard time carrying those ideals into the she Senate. Will.
0: Which is why I say... Nancy Pelosi has lost control of the and that's, House. And that's what I said. I, I would, I would, that is what I would definitely give way to is yeah. that
1: she, there are people in the House that are, that are taking away from that. You know, yeah. the Democratic think, Party as
0: a whole has certainly shifted to the left. There's no question about that at all. Yeah. Um, and, but and don't get me wrong. I think as a whole, the Democratic Party is indeed shifting. Yeah. But I mean, we're seeing this, the activists take over the House side of the democratic yeah. party in a insanely dangerously fast way we just need you think about it how long have they been in office just a couple months yeah right they've been in since the beginning of this january year, right yeah. well guess what next year is their re-election yeah freshman congress two year in yeah. this is them making a whole lot of noise are they going to continue doing this with Resolutions and, and, you know, bills and legislation? Or are they just going to shift over to the more ideological talking points of what they're going to do next year in 2020 after they get reelected? I'm curious to see that. But, well, and I'm, I think because there are definitely members of the Democratic
1: Party that are leaning away from that, you know, that are separating themselves from those ideals. And they're much quieter. But I think that in time, because I very much believe that this ultra progressive movement in the democratic party is is just a small blip just a wave on the radar or just a wave you know i, hope, I think I hope that you're it's, right. it's just a it's it's like what it like a bell curve or whatever the fuck they call it, you know like the it's bell curve. it's it's just up here at one point you know it's going to come back down so i think that in 2 4 years there's going to be another group of much more moderate Democrats that come into office that are like, we, yeah, yeah, they're like, we do not believe in that. Like, we are, we believe in, like I said, social liberalism and, you know, medium sized government to like, you know, make sure that everybody's taken care of and to like do all this type of shit. Um, but we, we don't want to give everybody everything because we think people need to learn, you know, because if you think if, if I were to be 10 years older and run for (laughs) representative, like I'm going to run as a Democrat, you know, but I'm going to run as an incredibly moderate, classically liberal Democrat. Like that's where I'm going to run at, you know. Yeah. Because you can't win as an independent, but I can certainly run as a Democrat. That's like I listen. I'm trying to get run, away. from You can't them.
0: win as an independent. <laughs> <laughs> or as or as a liberal. Doesn't that say something? Uh, you know, fundamentally wrong about uh, it's weird. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm, try- I'm trying to find this Mega McCain tweet. Oh, you're good. I th- you've officially changed my. My immediate outlook yeah. on the future of the, the the party and the future of the government, yeah. As I'm, whole. Not, I'm not saying it's but, not
1: possible, but
0: but yeah, the the fact that the Senate hasn't gone full bore psycho, yeah, um, makes me feel you know halfway decent about life. Um, and I'm trying to find this one. I might just have to show you on my uh, on my phone here. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, oh, and you can only see half of it. Oh, wait a minute. Keep talking for a second. Yeah. I think I actually saved it or I liked it as a tweet. Perfect. And so I have to remember how to do that.
1: Yeah. No, you're good. Um. So we are sitting at, it's 2.30 right now. Um, so I'm thinking that we should talk about Zeke's topics and then we'll okay. talk about Joe Rogan next week. Definitely. Because um, I, I really want to talk about that because I we're think- We're running out
0: of time. Yeah.
1: And I Because I think we'll end up on a little bit different sides of the spectrum on that because you're way more tapped in internet-wise and stuff than I am. <laughs> Um, And so, I think that we'll be on not totally different ends, but on Mm -hmm. kind of separate spots. So, I really want to talk about that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But I would like to... Do you think I'm
0: more Tim Pool or...
1: I don't think that you're
0: totally Tim Poole
1: because he's definitely a douche and I just like, wonder what side of the of argument that, do you're Oh, think I think I'm you're a... more Tim Poole, yeah, than Jack Dorsey. Um, but, yeah, I but I do I, I haven't also, landed on anything there yet because it's very confusing. I'm also not like very Jack Dorsey, you know, so I don't let's say I don't think we'll be on totally opposite ends of the spectrum, but I think that yeah. like you're just you're just deeper into internet culture and shit than I am. So I think that
0: Which is weird because when it comes to social media, I'm not yeah. But it' The inner workings of the political ideological, you know, ideological battles and the culture war. That's that's something that
1: you're way more tapped into than I am. Yeah, I am a culture Um,
0: warrior. So I want to
1: talk about some topics that Zeke came at me with last week, right? Mm -hmm. Because he hit me up last week and was like, I just want to talk about like really big things. And, you know, let me send you so much and like all the whatever. So Mm -hmm. um, he the first thing he asked me about was sustainability. Right. Sustainability. And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Um, And so he... And I don't... This is... Anybody who knows Zeke, this is not to, like, make it seem like he's crazy. This is, like, just... A totally abstract, objective conversation that mm-hmm. you and I have had before in like smaller terms, but now I really am going to get your feel for it because Zeke and okay. me talk about it. right? I like this. because so, this is
0: this is me get to think out loud time.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he's talking about the sustainability of like humans on the planet, like human
0: he, civilization on and the planet as yeah. a whole. As Ooh, far, I like this one. As,
1: um, Zeke, as you're to far fucking as like man. the environment and like all this shit, right? And so he's like. um, a lot of our planet's problems have come from us. Um, as responsible as we try to be and try to fix things, we end up with a lot of unintended consequences. When we raise one problem, when we raise one problem to others, or when we fix one problem, two others will arise, right? So said The common denominator is us. Um, and so his question is, is it crazy to think that if there's less people on the planet, then we would have like a better area, you know, like we wouldn't have, this problem with sustainability. So Can you know my thoughts on the, the Thanos solution? <laughs> the, that
0: is what we have referenced it as before, right? Yeah. And because um, no, I don't. I don't disagree. I mean, the problem, right. most of the problems we have, uh, you know, environmentally, we'll just say. Or because there's just too many fucking people and we don't know how to deal with it yet. Yeah. So, and, is there any more though? Or was that...
1: Um, that's... I mean, he just gave examples. You know, California's yeah. going to have water. Like, we wouldn't have to use oil and gas as much. We would be... It would be mm-hmm. easier to convert to green energies. We wouldn't have to use GMOs as much. And diseases would go down. Property and famine and all that stuff. Like, it would be easier just... Ever, if there's less people... Yeah. There, it's just easier to get things done. You yeah. Know? Um, which I, I I totally agree with. In In theory, if there's less people on the planet, you know, then that's yeah. how it is. And I told Zeke that I... I personally think, from a simply evolutionary standpoint, right, the Earth has designed things such as crops and shit like that to take so long to grow, so as to limit the people on the planet. You know, like we, you only got so much room to.
0: I think the planet as a you can out, you know, you can out uh, outdo yourself. You can have too many people, and not enough food. Yeah, and that's I mean, and that's what I'm this saying. Is, like, this I is a basic, that, you know, strategy gamers you know, right. conundrum is so, you want the biggest army in the world, but you also need to be able to, to feed that army. So
1: I think that the planet as a living being, right? In- because we know that the planet is alive. You know, like at least the things on it is are alive, right? It is so made up it's, of
0: every it is made up of living matter. Words. So, it is a living, breathing ecosystem. So
1: I truly believe that from an evolutionary standpoint, right? Somewhere along the way, the Earth The earth has perfected itself to a point that crops take the time of the time that they do, the gestation period that they do, you know, their natural cycle, the growth period, right, is as long as it is to limit the human and animal population to a point that it can be sustained on the planet. You know, like you only have so much. So much land on the planet that you can actually grow shit on. You know, yeah. a lot of places are too hot, too cold, too whatever. There's only certain places that you can really grow shit, oh. right? So it's limited to that because that's, this is the amount of people that can live here effectively and the planet will still be able to recycle all of the gases and everything, you know, works out in the way that it's supposed to, you know, mm-hmm. everything gets recycled. Humans have evolved to a point that's past that where we, you know, can genetically modify food. And that's why we have fucked it to the point that we, Oh, we extra, put extra gases in the atmosphere and have done all the stuff that we have done that have put us in this place, Well, just right? think land it's,
0: development. I mean, it's everything that civilization oh, is. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, you dropping the phone. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it, you think about it. The reason we are where we're at today is because we have made certain technological advances that have put us where we are it's allowed us to outgrow this is why we don't all live next to a water source yeah because we know how to drill wells now yeah you know it's technology has grown but it i i think where i land on that anyways like on sustainability what does it say is i think societally we are at a a changing point we're at a point now we were going from, I mean, you're talking on a millions year scale, right? Yeah. Hunter and gatherers. That's about as sustainable as you can get with primitive technology. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's pretty sustainable. There's a lot more wildlife than there are people. But as people grow and the population grows, we outgrow that, which is why we have, you know, city places like Silicon Valley where there is, you know, half of Arizona. There is no way that without modern technology, people could survive in that climate. Yeah. At least that population. Right. You know, there, there are certain populations in history that are just Would be desert go. goers yeah. and, you know, crazy, awesome survivalist type of cultures. But in on the whole... That's not sustainable because now you have to sacrifice other places to grow crops to feed that place because not everybody can grow have a self-sustaining garden in the back and, and animals and whatever. So ultimately where that leads is this is a transitional period in which our species is having to technologically develop their way out of relying on traditionally biological elements for survival and
1: you feel confident that that will happen that we will adapt to having this many people on the planet
0: I will say that I don't know but we're That's either gonna think. make it or not it's either going to be a mass extinction experience or we're going to find or we're gonna find the light at the end of the tunnel and <laughs> somehow find a way out and I think people like Elon Musk are trying to do that. So that is actually like a way brighter perspective than either Zeke
1: or I thought of. So I'm really happy that you said that, and I'm excited for him to. read I this have faith to in hear this
0: Elon Musk to um, save we, the world. Yeah. All right. No, that I mean, makes, you just no, think about it. No, that's the, good. Looking at, it's hard to look in the in history for this. Yeah. Because historically, we've been pretty fucking bad at you know making it work as is. We've had to. Change our environment more than any species on the face of the planet to in order to thrive and survive. Yeah. Right. We have had to do that. <clears throat> I think the next the closest animal to us that affects its environment as much as we do is I think the beaver. Yeah, beavers That's really interesting. Beavers dam up rivers and right. they affect their entire ecosystem because they drop forestry and all this stuff. It's a it's a huge amount, but yeah. compared to us, exponentially Farther down the line. But so beavers are the next sentient being, by the way. Either that or <laughs> dolphins. But anyways, uh, not to delegitimize my argument by saying something crazy. Um, but I think if you look at history, we've historically gotten better and better and mm-hmm. better. And exponentially, those improvements on inventions and ways of doing things have gotten faster. You know, we, we are in an exponential technology period, which is why you are holding a smartphone right now. And how many years ago was it that you had a Nokia, you know, phone or a, or a flip phone, for God's sakes? I mean, now you have the combined knowledge of digital, you know, the combined human digital knowledge accessible on your phone from basically anywhere on the planet. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a huge exponential leap in so, human development. So, what you're saying, what you're we're saying, we're going to be okay. Okay. That, <laughs> that trend in technological advancement yes. makes me feel like we're going to be okay.
1: Yeah. Because we both
0: ended on. We um, may not see that, by the way. Well, so we, Hopefully. we ended on,
1: at least when we moved to another conversation, right? That he's like, well, like, what if you just have people, you just limit the amount of people that, like, kids that people can have, you know? And if mm-hmm. they want more kids, they just have to adopt. Children from whatever you know, and I'm like, that's fine, but that doesn't limit the amount of people that are on the planet, you know, because people are still being added. At this point, there's still too many. So The only way to do that, you got to kill people, you know. Well, I mean, the, you can and there's like no AOC. way.
0: AOC says we shouldn't be having no, any more kids because no, so, it's bad,
1: and there's no, there's no way to fairly decide. <laughs> the, and, and I told him, I said, I feel, I feel confident that there's X amount of people on the planet that if someone does somehow convince the planet that this is what we gotta do, right? We all
0: gotta go China.
1: There's gonna be X amount of people that are like, you all go right now. Like you, you can kill me right now. Put put us all on a rocket, just ship us out there, and it'll be cool. You know, there's X amount of people that will volunteer to do that, either because they don't want to live anymore or they are willing to just sacrifice themselves for the planet. They're gonna go know? colonize Mars. There's, don't worry. About there's it. I've there's enough people that would do that. Right. Yes. but not enough that would make a difference. We already right? think about. I know. I did. They're not. I just mean not even enough. There's a no. section of people that would do that that's not enough people after that you gotta you gotta decide who else is gonna go you know and there's no way to fairly do that like no no you can't and he's, unless like, you
0: do the Thanos you know so take over like, which results in half the population being murdered
1: it's like but don't do like, that you don't think that
0: you know you could convince
1: people that that it, like it's for like the greater good. no no it's, no no. It's, no is that that's about as dystopian as that you can is why man. Every single sci-fi movie is about people on a spaceship abandoning Earth (laughs) because it's too late. (laughs) Because we 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 fucked it up. Yeah. It's we fucked it up. It's too late. We have to leave. You know, that's why they're leaving. And I said, and that's shitty. But that is totally representative of how people are as a race. Dude, do you know how many
0: short stories I've written that refer to the Earth that used to be, we'll only or work the so Great hard. Legend yeah. of the Earth that was,
1: we'll only work so hard. <laughs> um, and yeah. so then, the next thing that he asked me about was prisoner labor. Yes, which again, he, again, I told you, he thought that I was gonna totally disagree with both of these things and i'm like first of all i smoke weed all the time like i definitely (laughs) think there's too many people on the planet there's no question about that like that's there's no question like but you can't just go around killing people no and you can't be purging people like it just it doesn't work you know it's just just not it's not feasible. you
0: can recognize an obvious problem we have (laughs) but but it's very difficult to address but there is (laughs) it's a problem and either we need to technologically help ourselves get out right either that or you know, we're just fucked. And then he asked
1: me about prisoner labor and I said, that's not something I've really like thought about before, you know. I said, but I'm off I, have. I said off the bat, I'm not opposed to people who wanna work and do shit, work and do shit. You know, I don't care because they do that now. But if you want to do something that's better for the country as a whole then i don't have any problem with doing that you know i said i don't know exactly how i feel about forcing labor you know because i think that kind of borders on
0: slavery a little bit um like fighting california wildfires for two cents an hour or whatever it was but those
1: people volunteer you know like those people like they volunteer to do that and yeah yeah, it's for fucking dick money but they're prisoners and they volunteer to do it like no one has to do it you know so that's where i'm like that's not forced labor Because you chose to do that. Like, you're offering to do it and you know it's for two cents an hour because you're a fucking prisoner, you know? So I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with you're in prison, so you have to do this, Mm -hmm. right? That's what I have a problem with. Because if you're in prison, you can fucking sit in your cell all day, from what I understand, for the most part, you know, not everywhere, because every prison is different, especially privately owned ones, you know, they have different policies. But for the most part, If you don't want to have a job, you don't have to have a job. You know, you have to apply for a job in most prisons to get one Mm -hmm. so that you can earn money towards commissary and stuff like that. So I am, I would be off top opposed to being said that you told that you have to work because you are in prison, right? Mm -hmm. Because that to me borders a little on sort of slavery or at least indentured servitude, servitude, right? At the very least, right? Um, and. So then I said, at that point, you start to have to get into a debate about, like, prisoner rights and what rights do prisoners have because there's a whole swath of people that say well fuck them because they're in prison anyway they're fucking rapers and murderers and who gives a shit you know mm-hmm. but there's all kinds of people in prison who aren't rapers and murderers and you know a shit you, ton of them right and so you can't force them to do something that they don't want because even though they're a prisoner and they made a mistake they still have rights as a human being which is why people have problems with guantanamo bay and you can't just do it if the fuck you want that's why we are black sites to do nasty shit you know because as the geneva Convention, whatever yeah, whatever you want, you know. Let's find a way around that pesky. So I think that it's interesting, Um, and he's talking about the only line that draws that the inmate is mentally or physically incapable. He's for, for the sake of argument, right? Is what he said. This okay. is like this is shit that you know, kind of forced not, labor. You all should of the, have all of this stuff, I think, is just ideas that he tosses around, but is by himself and like doesn't have a whole lot of people to. Uh, I don't know that. That's a. I'm not saying he doesn't have any friends. I'm just saying. Even if you have a bunch of friends, you might not be able to discuss this type of shit with them. You know, that's. I go to therapy for a reason. There's some stuff that I don't even want to talk to you about. I would rather discuss it with somebody who's only going to tell their husband about it when they go home, and I don't give a fuck. You know, so.
0: Yeah, definitely don't come to me. I, 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 I can't help you, bro. Um, I got and bad so, advice.
1: Said the only line that draws if the inmate is mentally or physically incapable of doing so, and if they are susceptible to violence. As long as the work hours are reasonable, eight to twelve hours a day, five days a week, I don't think that's a terrible thing. Inmates could, in theory, do the jobs that most Americans don't want to do. Digging ditches, picking crops, fighting fires, paving roads, doing shit like that. Think about your produce from the grocery shopping could be extremely cheap. You wouldn't have to raise state taxes to pay for revamping, uh, the infrastructure, like paving roads, and then all the money that you would save just in general from labor. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't think are terrible things, you know, but you gotta, you gotta establish that. And that's overhaul of like, you know, the, uh, the penal system and all that. What's, what am I, what am I trying to think of? I'll tell
0: you, I will tell you exactly what you're thinking of. Yeah. And this is because this is my view on prison labor. Oh, yeah. So, my view on prison labor is mm-hmm. that it cannot, you cannot have a righteous discussion about prison labor without talking about a complete and utter prison system reform, oh, an entire, yeah. you know, justice system reform. Because our, our, our justice system right now our our penal system as it is right now yes and this is not always the case but in the vast majority of the of times people that go to prison for nonviolent crimes or whatever it is often are influenced by the incredible incredibly terrible you know environment that our prison system is and they come out worse off than they went in correct our prison system is a complete and utter failure correct so <laughs> That being said, I am one hundred and ten percent behind prison labor, and and I will tell you why. Because in my ideal prison system, I'm so glad that I asked you about these two things. This is something because it it pisses me off. Well, I'm happy. I'm
1: happy because he. I feel like I got the sense, and he felt like he was alone in having these thoughts. Okay,
0: and so I'm happy that you also have feelings about this because. and I think it's important to state this does not come from a place of like malice. Fuck them! They broke the law. They need to work.
1: No, I know no. hell of people been locked up. This hell is been
0: this is up. coming from a a place that our prison system, by necessity, yeah, for any non-violent crime, and including the fact that the definition of violent crime needs to change to an actual violent act. Right. Right. Um, this is, you know, because a drug offense where a guy has a gun on him, that is not a violent offense. Oh, yeah. That that's is disgusting. That is a completely separate issue. Just packing heat, that's all. Exactly. Um, but anyways, so nonviolent crimes should obviously be more focused on rehabilitation, right? Mm-hmm. There is obviously a punishment aspect because you now are, you become a ward of the state and are now responsible you know, your responsible charges to the government versus, um, you know, somebody that commits an, a violent crime, it needs to be more on the punishment scale because that is obviously something that we're saying, you know, that it's more severe, uh, white collar crimes. Yes. Can have equally devastating effects, but at the end of the day, if they're socially, I got to move your phone. Cause it's Sorry. making the internet or the, the electronics talk. Um, but the violent criminal is a much different case than a nonviolent criminal in most cases. So for one, we need to take a look at uh, mental health, I will say. So, you know, as part of prison, like mandatory therapy, therapy needs to be had. And not like psychotherapy give you drugs, but you just need to be able to go talk to people that are qualified enough to help kind of get you on the right path to going to mentally being the right way.
1: Cognitive behavioral therapy.
0: There you go. And if through that process, a continuous process um, that goes throughout your entire thing, it's not like a 30-day, this is your, your, your therapy intake. No. It's a full-born, you know, whole process thing follows you from the day you get in to the day you get out. Um, they at any point can say, "Hey, this person is is still a danger to society." I mean, this is a, this person has mental issues. We need to ship them off to a different tract. You know, this is hardcore. We need to do something else. Or this is a this is a savable case. We're fine. Um, but not even that direct. That sounds like making one person making a call whether you have a shot or not. Oh, shit. It's not not quite that you know severe. What I'm talking about here, but um, bitch. Essentially, you need to be, your your mandatory labor is filling a a job out in the environment, the work environment that the normal federal government does on a daily basis. We have all sorts of social workers, office workers. I mean, the bureaucracy is huge and expansive. You can put people in jobs they can be qualified to do. It is very, very simple. You do have to pay them a wage. Yeah. A, you know, we already have, whether you agree with the minimum wage or not, it's a separate argument. You can pay them the minimum wage, an actual state or you know, federal minimum wage. And then, you know, put them in these jobs, you know, with trained people that are on the civilian side that work with these type of people that bring them into the job <laughs> market. What do you mean market? these type of people? These people. <laughs> Just regular, you know, you have, you you need yeah. to be certified to be able to, like, work with a, a prisoner. reintegrate we'll people back into society. I yes, because you need to just keep them kernels. out in, in society and productive. Yeah. And you need to make – if they don't have any experience, there's a million jobs out there that there's a demand for that you can be trained for that unskilled the government. labor. Un- unskilled labor is huge for yeah. one. And, I mean, there's a massive – amount of demand in that and unskilled
1: labor just so that everyone knows right just to be clear unskilled labor is things that you can be trained on the job to do like things you don't need as any type of special certificate to be like an electrician or something that's not unskilled labor that is skilled labor you have to have experience you have to know what you're doing you know to be like a general contractor or something like that like you have to have certifications and shit like that like you have to you gotta you can't just be a guy who builds shit in his garage but in all
0: trades there's a position called a laborer yes essentially or they some come but essentially a gopher <laughs> it is an apprentice position where anybody without any skills at all can walk into that job and within a certain amount of time be trained enough within that trade to be able to take over that next position yeah right you can build yourself up through the trades whereas a there's a massive hole in trades. That's one place you could focus. But I mean, even just everywhere in the bureaucracy that you can train people to do these jobs, it'll keep them active. It'll make them productive. And there's none of this sitting around, you know. know, Stewing about society. Staying inside this, you know, this quagmire of. Of Ooh. hate and resentment and all the crap that is our prison system right now—the revolving it removes door of that prison. Form. Yes, it removes that bad, cancerous part of it. I got, I so you go, you go back, and you spend the night there. You do all the the normal yeah. things. You are still under lock and key, but at the end of the day, if your punishment for fucking up and I don't know white collar crime, you may spend the rest of your life a ward of the state. That won't change but you still are forced to go out there and be productive in society and do things that need to happen. And it keeps you out of trouble. It keeps you from getting worse and it benefits society as whole. You're not just, you know, there are some people that will go and sit in a cage and deal in the, in the darkest corners and the recesses of society because they are (laughs) a lost cause, Mm -hmm. you know, serial killers, stuff like that. Like, there's no rehabilitating you. You need to go, and we could talk about what to do with them on a separate page. But that's why, at the end of the conversation, in a perfect world, I am for a hundred percent prison labor. But it, the entire prison system with needs the to change. As is right now, prison labor is essentially indentured servitude. Yeah, and, and part whether of whether you of the... volunteer for it or not, it doesn't matter because how you know the private uh, private prison system mm-hmm. thing needs to go away, um, and I understand that the reason the private prison system exists because the government is even shittier at running the prison system. Well,
1: let's talk about let's talk about how the reform works on another podcast.
0: Okay, work. Sorry, <clears throat> no. But anyways, yes. So 100% prison labor as long as it's successful. Because that's a big conversation. To talk about the the reformation of the prison system is a big conversation. Indeed. <clears throat> As far as it's concerned right now, prison labor is indentured servitude, and I am not on board with it. You think prison labor of any
1: kind is indentured servitude?
0: Unless you pay them a – and I can't even – I don't want to say living wage, but the state state has no authority to make you be productive, to, to force you to do anything. I mean it's a violation of human rights. Yes, I understand that you need to be punished, but in that case, throw me in a cage, lock lock away, you know, well, lock the key away for twenty that, years. I don't
1: think most places it's forced. Like I don't think you can do that, and that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about as long as like, it's not forced. I'm talking about people who volunteer for jobs, even if it's for two cents an hour or whatever. Like those people are volunteering for those jobs, applying for those jobs. So you
0: strictly know? on a volunteer basis, that is totally fine. Because I and you can pay them pennies on the dollar, as, but. I mean, that's fucked up, but at the end of the day, you signed up for it. It's a free world. As, you know, far as I know I'm, you're locked up, but you can make stupid decisions as much as the next guy.
1: As far as I know, um, and that's something that I can certainly look up before next week, yeah. the vast majority, if not all jobs in prisons that are done by inmates are on a volunteer basis.
0: <clears throat> as I far would. as I know. Okay. And as long as that's the case... Down. Whatever. Because I believe that you are correct.
1: I believe that being forced to do labor would be under the guides of indentured servitude, and I don't think that that is the case. I am sure that there are some undocumented cases of that i'm not saying that that never yeah. ever happens because i am sure that again if we were more famous it's, someone it's would come old, out yeah. and say my fucking cousin you know was yeah. in prison and this happened and you know they forced yeah. him to do this you're on work deal on a, today
0: so you gotta a, go out and make big rocks and little rocks broad basis i am fairly certain that the
1: jobs that people have within prisons mm-hmm. staffed by inmates are on a volunteer basis okay
0: so off of that basis i don't think you should tough should you pay them that's so interesting i think that if it is a private prison if it's a private 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 prison system mm-hmm you have the opportunity to pay them whatever you want.
1: Yeah, that's fucked up in itself, the private prison thing. That's a whole other conversation. But if it
0: is a private prison, you have the right to pay them whatever you feel is responsible. But if it's a state or federal federal prison, there is no pay involved, and it is 100% on a volunteer basis. But I think it
1: is. I think there is pay involved. But you don't think there should be, is what you're saying. You don't think if it's done by the state or the... No, because like I f- don't
0: think I want to pay you. <laughs> Even like two cents or whatever. Yeah, as a taxpayer, I don't want to pay yeah. you a cent. And, and not the fact that I don't want to pay you. It's right. just what you're doing is, is not beneficial, I don't think, to your, to the end result that I want the prison system to do. I think some of it is It's for just busy time work. Too. It's, it's, it's a way for you to get out and about, you know, yeah. locked in prison. It's all that stuff for whatever reason, but. It's If it's not benefiting your end goal to being a more rehabilitated person in society, then I don't want to pay for that because it's fundamentally wrong. You shouldn't be doing it unless you just want to go out and just not be there. That's fine. And then that is on you to make that decision. But we're not going to pay you for it. (laughs) I will pay you for things that go towards your... Your end result of being a better, more productive person in society, being a a regular functioning member of society, rehabilitating you into something that you're not going to fuck up anymore.
1: Well, and I think that part of the argument for, <coughs> excuse me, for inmates doing jobs in prisons is that some of them, you certainly can argue, have never had a job before, you know, whatever proportion of them have. So doing something anything of any type of value in the prison even if it only benefits the prison is teaching them some skill even if it is just working doing something you don't really give a fuck about for 8 hours because chances are the Drown job up on time chances are when they when they get out of prison the first job they get is not going to be a great one it's going to be a, a shitty one and they're not going to love it and they're going to have to show up on time they're going to have to work for 6 8 hours 10 hours 12 hours and then go home and then come back the next day and do the same thing, you know? I think that's part of, part of the so argument impressive. is that that's like that in itself. And I think in some cases you also, if not pay, I think you can also work like it works towards time off, you know, that you can earn time off. Of, like, of your sentence for that. Again, I can't, I can't attest to that. I will, I'm definitely going to look that up this week now because I'm interested. I used to watch fucking lockup all the time. I should know this shit. I
0: feel like that's probably the case because you could probably try to justify it in the fact that by you going out and do that, you're proving to the prison system and to the state that you are a productive member of society. So you go back out. I know
1: for a fact a lot of places you get. Sense, you know, that just gets yeah. put on your books at the commissary, and you can like, buy been, cookies, fucking whatever.
0: Yeah, I've it, been know? working at the yeah. library for twelve years. I've got that place in right. shape. You I'm, I'm organized. Like that. so, so, I'm, um,
1: so that's really interesting. Uh, that is really? very interesting. I did not know that. I love when we don't surprise. Yeah, I love that. That's perfect. So, so there goes. We're, you go, we're not an old yeah.
0: married couple. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that there you go, Zeke. That's what we have uh, as far as that. Um, I think we should we take a break. Know. Because so? go I gotta quick. pee so bad. All right, man. all right, let's do it. We'll be back and we'll hit uh, some sports and uh, pop culture, baby. Yeah, a little pop culture, a little bit of sports, and we'll get the fuck
0: out of
2: here. Peace. Welcome to the salt of the streets, coming at you every week with this. Topics. Real people, real problems, think we need some help to solve them and Leave it up to Colin and the Donovan
0: right, that's what,
1: what's that? Oh, Let's get
0: ready Ugh. okay, I've peed oh, well, much good. better now We could talk about whatever we <clears throat> want to talk about now Yeah, pop culture um, So,
1: like I said earlier, I watched like some old ass Twilight Zone Have you ever watched the old
0: Twilight Zone? I have never watched the old Twilight Zone uh, It's on Netflix, you should peep it
1: I, I know it yeah, I do. And they watched a couple of episodes, so I don't really have that much to say about it. I watched uh Jeffrey Dahmer. It's a movie it has Jeremy Renner, he plays Jeffrey Dahmer. It was really weird. Uh it was really, really weird. It was from like one of his early movies, I think. I watched the first and second Terminators because those the first and are second? Funny. Yeah, oh, because those ones are rad. So good. T two is you think T two is better than T one?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Mild it's better. just a more fun movie for me. Yeah. You know, the first one is, like, super, super good, and it makes you think. But, I mean, once it became a franchise... Yeah. Oh, yeah, T2 takes it all yeah. the way.
1: And the fucking, the T1000, the liquid robot. I Dude. Jordan and I were watching it, and she didn't understand, like, the liquid robot. I was like, okay, well, it's like the late 80s, so, like, don't worry about it. Like, don't, don't question it. First of all, like, you should... of nanobots. That's you should know better by now. Um... <laughs> and then she's like but how does he like change clothes and stuff like that and i'm like it's liquid robot like that's how he changes clothes i don't yeah. know what to tell you <laughs> but then yeah when i was at work i was like oh it is it's the same it's it's tony stark nanotechnology just way before that Definitely. Happened. like that's exactly what it is so that's what we'll have to tell her tony um, stark's amazing and it's just such a sick turn that like the arnold schwarzenegger is a good guy in the second one instead of a bad guy you know Yeah. you got no fucking idea until and jordan had never she never seen the first one and i had watched like the first five minutes of the second Ooh. one before we started it when she was there and before i started when she was there and so i had to explain to her i was like oh well, he's being bad guy and now he's a good guy and all this happened yeah. blah, blah blah it was yeah, really the, funny
0: it's a stark difference between the first one and the second one yeah it? yeah it's, it was awesome it's stark difference
1: um
0: i don't um, know why but you you talked about arnold schwarzenegger and i haven't seen this movie in a long time but have you ever seen true lies
1: um, no, but is that the one that has Jamie Lee Curtis
0: in it? Yep. Okay, so I know, so I've seen parts of that movie, but oh my not, God. not as an adult. Okay. You need to watch that movie. It is one of my favorite Schwarzenegger movies of all time. It's gold? It is pure fucking gold. The ending, you're just like, oh, The governator, God, dude. It's, it's so perfect. Yeah. I fucking <clears throat> love
1: those movies. I also watched a movie called Wind River. Um that has Jeremy Renner in it. Do you know who Jeremy Renner is? You know who I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, the uh, Arrow... Yeah, Hawkeye. Hawkeye, there you go. In The Avengers, yeah. Um, Which so, is probably his his worst role because he's better... He's great in every movie he does. So in this one, this movie
1: was fantastic and you would love it. Um, and it's on Netflix, so you need to be watching it. And he plays a wildlife ranger, right? Ooh. In Wyoming is where they're at. And he... He works in like a huge district, you know, and part of it is on an Indian reservation. Um, and so he's working on finding some, the, like the, the start plot, you know, is that he's working on hunting some, some mountain lions for the Indian reservation. Um, and then okay. there's like, he's out there and he finds a dead body. And so they have to call the federal agents. And so an FBI agent comes out and the FBI agent is the Scarlet Witch. From Ooh. the Avengers. So they work together again, I which her. I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Um <clears throat> do you know What's her name? She is something something Olsen. She's one of the mm. Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, she's one yeah. of their sisters, whatever her name yeah, is. Yeah, she's the non-twin um, Olson yes, sister. Yes, I which right. I didn't know for a long time. Jordan told me that. Um but yeah, she's an Olson sister, and so she's the FBI agent in that movie. And It's fucking really good. There's all kinds of gunfights. There's drugs. There's, it's great. Mm. There's in the description and this is callous. And I hope that everyone understands. Um, in the description of the movie, it's like saying that it's R rated for, you know, violence and this and this. And it says a rape which I thought was really funny for some reason that it doesn't just say for rape, but it says A-rape. Like, specifically, just so you know, there's only one. Like, just don't, you know... Like, it makes a difference if there's one (laughs) rape scene or two, you know? But I guess I guess it could be a difference between one and ten, you know, which would make a difference. I just... I thought it was interesting. I've never seen that before that it says A-rape. A-rape. So, which it was definitely a graphic rape scene. It was not like...
0: It's one oh, of those where you know. the, the point of the scene is to point out oh, that is this this happening. You, oh, yeah,
1: is to make you uncomfortable with what has happened. Yeah. Um, but it's a pretty fucking great movie. Like John Bernthal, um, who played, did you watch like the early seasons of The Walking Dead? Yeah. He played Shane. Oh, so Shane. That guy. He was also in, uh, not been, Band- the Pacific. Yes, he was in in the Pacific. Yeah, so he has a small role in that.
0: He was something Mm. else. Oh, God, he was in something else, too. The Punisher. He's the Punisher. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, I'm going to have to look it up real quick. Because there's another show or movie. That movie you should watch.
1: Wind River was fantastic. Wind Um, River. Yeah, it was great. And then today we watched some Hot Ones before I left. And we watched Vanessa Hudgens' Hot Ones. Tenacious D Hot Ones, which was great. And then also Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay was a great one. That was fantastic. Hot Ones is a great show. Um, and then I told you I've been playing Lord of the Rings uh, Twin Towers on GameCube. Mm-hmm. And it's because we... Jordan's had the GameCube since GameCube was relevant. Um, and it was sitting like right next to our old TV stand. Like I said, when I put up the new TV stand or when I brought it in, I set it up and I... Played fucking Melee for a little bit. and was like, yeah, this is kind of cool, you know, whatever. And then I started playing Lord of the Rings. And I was getting my ass beat, getting my ass beat, getting my ass beat. And I was like, this game is fucking from from 2002, man. Like, why is it so hard? Because games back then were harder. Hell hard, dude. They were so much harder. Um, And I had that game on PlayStation 2. I remember playing it before. Um, But it is extremely difficult. And I realized it looked better on the tv i had then than it does on the tv i have now like really? on the tv i have now i'm like i just realized how shitty it looks you know but i remember when i had a decent tv before and i was playing it on my playstation 2 i'm like this fucking looks so good you know so like, this looks great and maybe it's just because i remember it more vividly at the time you know but i really felt like it looked better on Maybe it's because my TV is so big, you know. Yeah, because the it's graphics not made for a.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. because the the poor resolution, we'll say, of an old TV. Oh, it's shit. Yeah, ...lended itself to like playing Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there's but now like, you put it on, you're like, wow, that's that's there's splices wow.
1: of the movie in there, you know, like little cutscenes and stuff. And um, for some reason, it starts in shit that happens in the first Lord of the Rings, like that. I don't really understand. Like the first thing that you do. Is like the beginning battle when you fucking cut off Sauron's hand like a thousand years ago or whatever. Shwing. So yep, and then you f- like go into the Goblin Mine, you know. So you fight that big octopus thing. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. then you fight the giant troll, and then you fight the giant Urukai with the the hand on its face. You know? Oh yeah, and um, Boromir dies. Yeah, yeah. So you fight that guy, and then you're at Helm like. So you do all this stuff that happens in the first movie before you even get to, then you're finally in Fangorn Forest, you know, it's like the fifth So it mission. gets you all caught up. Yeah, which I just thought was weird, you know, like eh. that's. but. You need a, pre-log. a pre but, uh, Yeah, And that's like half the game, pre-log. but you also, <laughs> you, it's like, it's like those beginning missions is like, is like those, but you also do it. As three different characters, as Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli. So you oh, do that's a, cool, for anybody who's now fucking well versed in Lord of the Rings, you do it as the human, the elf, and the And you me. should. And so, and I mean, godf- it's a literary
0: accomplishment of our time. What you the need fuck to read that book. is he? Because he's not a goblin. What is He's a Who? Gimli. Gimli is a dwarf. A dwarf. There Come on. We there we You're talking to like a fantasy yeah. super nerd. So, yeah, he's I got, a dwarf I got you covered. In the dwarf mind, not the goblin mind. Well, the goblins one. were in the dwarf mind. Yeah, in the dwarf mind. Yeah.
1: So, it's it's actually pretty sick. Uh, but I I don't know why I got away from Red Dead because I still think about that game all the time. But like just because I plugged in. You know what happened TV, you know? this week.
0: You remember what happened this week.
1: You, you see you got all the legendary animals now, every single one.
0: No. No? No, because I can't get those ones that are close off to me as Oh, Arthur. I thought that the Panther was down in there. No, no, the Panther oh. is down the legendary cougar i want to say is down there so or something
1: so i must have got the legendary panther that must be the one mm-hmm. panther i got yeah that's the
0: one, one and it with. it requires oh, okay. you to get to a certain point in the in like the before it it's the last ma- yes. uh, master hunter challenge or something like that it's one of those some shit like that yeah but no there is one panther and he's down in the same place you get the legendary panther yeah but God, dude, I literally, I—it's not a very big patch it's really of forest. Really hard, yeah. But I mean, I spent probably a day and a half there trying to find this thing, and I was getting to a point where I'd get really like fed up, and I'd like shoot a boar, and then like skin it, take the skin, and then go plop it down in like an open area. And then put a bunch of predator bait out and stuff right next to it, and just sit there and I'd fucking wait <laughs> and wait. And then I traverse the forest like in a grid pattern, searching. Yeah. You know, and it took me forever, but then I finally found it. captain in the dome with my scoped rifle. Yeah. And then skinned it and with then the I, rolling rock. Yeah. And I was with able. Bolt action. And that was the last thing I needed to get that uh, that uh, Legends of the East satchel. Yeah, that's but pretty then you got to go out. You got to get the ingredients for that. Yeah, which was like a it was a cougar, a wolf, and a deer. So and you that did wasn't it? too hard. That and you got it. Yeah, because I got my cougar spotting areas down yeah. packed. You know, sometimes they sneak up on me still, and they fuck me up. But and the cougars are usually pretty reliable for like one or two. You know, like yeah. not a bunch, but you can
1: get a couple while you're there, and that's- yeah. And if you can sneak up on them, then you can get a good quality. They're almost always... I feel like they're almost always perfect quality. Yeah. Like they're rarely... They're almost always. Yeah. Raccoons, so, on the other hand. Motherfuckers, fucking, right? Fucking Jesus. raccoons. I yeah. keep
0: running into them, but there's always like a one or two star. That's the worst. And for those of you who are not addicted to Red Dead, uh, you need a three star animal. Yeah, to, because that's to a make perfect, things with it. perfect pelt. But I finally got that thing, and now I don't know what to do. So I've been working on the gambling challenges, which... Is fun. I'm going to the casino tonight, by the way, and I. Oh, like in real life? Yeah. Saying? Oh <laughs> shit! You know, night, and but it's ironically all week. I've been playing like poker and blackjack on Red Dead. Which time. is
1: similar to poker in real life. Like, that's one thing that can be simulated pretty pretty fairly
0: is is poker and stuff. You know, yeah, like it's, online and shit. It yeah. it's, can be done pretty fairly. Yeah. Blackjack is, there's I don't know if you... I've played blackjack in, in casinos before. And it's... And terrible at gambling. It's weird because there's like this system of... You got to watch... Like, let's say you're like the middle person at like a five-person table. Yeah. Right? And it starts at one end and it goes through. And so, as the first guy asks for like a hit because... I'm just going to assume people know how to play blackjack or 21, you know. But somebody will take a hit. You have to watch what card they get. And if it's a low card, okay, you watch. And so if he stays there or whatever and the guy goes next and he takes another hit and it's another low card, when it comes down to you, if you're sitting there counting on a low card to come out, like, you can't do that. Right. Like, it's bad. For one, it's it's bad uh, ethics, I guess, at the table because – the guy besides you might need a high card, and statistically speaking, if you were to take a hit now, like you're going to burn that high card for him and screw him over. And so, like, there's this weird table etiquette that you have to maintain on a blackjack. Not oh, all man. the time. It I depends. Don't know sh- on, I don't know shit about that. I don't yeah. know nothing about that. So it depends on the type of people you're playing with. You know, if they're like the older timer guys that go and play video blackjack every single day, those are the people that that. That really, I think, hold that down. But, wow. But yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go play me some blackjack probably tonight. It's That's roulette. what's up. I have
1: literally never left a casino with more money than I walked in with. So I, I only, don't gamble much.
0: I've only really gone to a few casinos. But I've never walked out with less money than I started. Some places, one time. One, some... I think my first time. And that was because I spent the entire time. They had, it was nothing but a slot casino. There was nothing else there. Yeah. Because it was illegal for them to have card games in the state. Yeah, weird. Um, and so, like, you go in there, and it was just video, you know, slots. And I lost like forty bucks over the course of a week. I was staying. I was. Uh, I was going to over training. the course of a week. Yeah, I was like at a training area, paying uh, fucking penny back penny in slots the Coast crew? Guard, and my, right next to my hotel was a video uh, casino You're playing penny slots. I mean, basically, yeah. I mean, that place was designed for like to suck money out of retirees. And so like going in there and we were just doing it because there was nothing else to do during the time off. We're in the middle of nowhere. There's a liquor store within walking distance and a video casino within walking distance. And so we decided to go to the casino instead and have more fun.
1: Some places don't have casinos, right?
0: Yeah, a lot of places it's illegal unless it's on like tribal land. We're just blessed here. That's because we have a lot of tribal land. Have yeah, the tribal land. Yeah, we're not. There's no legal gambling other right. than I think. Uh, what do you call those pull tabs? Yeah, but I think that on all of cons-
1: the bars the pull tabs. Yeah. I didn't even want any fucking money on pull tabs either, dude. I don't. This I'm telling time. you, I'm not a. I'm not gambling. That's not me. I'm. Not, I gotta tell I'm you, not lucky that way.
0: I don't usually buy into stuff. I don't even do the lottery most of the time. Um, when I'm in New York, I do this this scratch ticket called Win for Life. It's like a thousand dollars a month for the rest of your life, no. or that's some pretty lump sum payment. I don't know. But I play that every time I'm in New York. But other than that, this one time, I was out. We were hanging out. I don't want to necessarily say this person's name, but we were hanging out. You could probably guess who it was. And we went to a bar for – I think we were just out, like, fucking around. And it was trivia night maybe or something like that. So we went to a bar, and he got some pulled tabs and didn't win anything. I think he won maybe, like, five bucks or something like that over the course of it. But he went out – um, to the parking lot to go grab something from his truck, found a fucking $100 bill. What? In the, in the thing. And I will say, to his credit, how many people do you know would like, mind you, he went up, he knew a bunch of people at the bar, not all of them, but a bunch, and he went up to him, and be like, hey, man, did you, did you fucking lose 100 bucks?"
1: Yeah, just to make sure that he wasn't jacking on yeah. his shit.
0: Yeah, and so he checked all the homies and nobody lost anything, so he kept 100 bucks found in the parking lot. So the next day, we go back to the same bar for breakfast the next day and we're sitting there and we're both hung the fuck over and everything. So we're drinking bloody mary's and he gets a bunch of pull tabs wins a hundred dollars off of like ten dollars worth of pull tabs or something like that which is another fucking hundred dollars so like walked away $180 a hundred eighty dollars up dick. from the night it, I will say he did buy people a lot of drinks the night he found the hundred bucks a good now. <laughs> reinvest in the community right
1: so the last pop culture thing I have that is going to lead us into sports, because uh, I want to talk about Colin Kaepernick next week because I don't have that much time left. Um, but I want to make sure that I am able to go over that. So the next thing I have is I want to talk about The Shop. right? The which, Shop. Yeah, LeBron James. LeBron James shop. Show. And I really, really, really think that you should watch it. Okay. Right?
0: Um, is it available on youtube it is or it's on hbo
1: it, it's on hbo i got yep. hbo it's, now i'm it's covered done through hbo um and there's two seasons um and the first season is like three episodes and the second one is one episode so oh wow um just watch Short. all yep watch them they're like an hour or so maybe an hour and a half at the most but it's worth it right and so i think that it's interesting because it's like a window into the unfiltered mind of athletes of musicians of some comedians that are there, right? And the majority of them are black, right? And at the risk of sounding intersectional to you, right? I think it's interesting because not that I think that their opinions are representative of every black person in America, but across the four episodes, there's a mix of probably 40, 45 different black people, white people, people of different races, right? That are in there. And it's it's good to in some cases when they talk about politics and just social issues to get a perspective that we don't get all the time, you know? And it's especially like when, when Makai comes in here and stuff like that, I don't want to ask him or any of the dudes from the upper left, a bunch of questions about fucking, you know, black politics and stuff like that, because I don't want them to feel like I expect them to understand what it's like for everybody to be black, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's helpful sometimes, um, in a non, intersectional way um because this is very much not super progressive in your face this is what it's like you know it's they're just speaking from their perspectives and so i think in that case it can be helpful to listen to fucking eight different black dudes talk about what it's like for them Uh to grow up and for them to be famous you know because jamie fox like this time was talking about how because jamie fox is 51 years old right who would have guessed? So, Jamie no, Foxx. man. That it, dude's been yep. like
0: 25 since he was 25. So,
1: Jamie Foxx was talking about the difference that between him and like LeBron James in that generation, right? He said, he said, when we came through in the 90s, he How said, old is LeBron LeBron James is in his 30s. Um, and Damn. so, Jamie Foxx said, he said, when we came in, we came in, and, on the back of like the civil rights movement, you yeah, he's like we were like a bunch of black dudes with a bunch of money and we didn't didn't have racism up in our face like we were just having a good time, you know. He's like, but you guys now, you have all your money and stuff, but you have social media right there, like you're seeing people, black people getting shot by cops and stuff like that that's happening. That when we first saw that, we were like, that's crazy, you know, like I can't believe that's even happened, and you know, like because we were almost disconnected from it because we had been able to do that you know and not that they didn't think about where they came from but they just again it, because social media didn't exist then like it does now it wasn't so up in their face it wasn't so demanded of them to be involved in social politics you know what i'm saying yeah and it was See, really interesting, and so I think that's why it would behoove you to watch this show because I gained things from it, and I think oh, yeah. you would too. Yeah, I don't. I mean, just, everybody, yeah. I think everyone should watch this show. Yeah. It was, it I mean, don't get really me wrong. Good. I don't just listen and to Larry funny. Elder. Okay, yeah. I'm not I love getting Larry Elder. I know he's I love awesome. Larry
0: Elder. Uh, he was on. Never yeah, showed us something lately. I got to go back and try to find it. He
1: was on Fox yesterday. Oh, two I think days he was ago. on
0: a uh, Sh- uh, Ben Shapiro show. Yeah, yeah. I haven't I listen listened to, to that. One. That fucking Dan Crenshaw one. Yeah, oh, he's great. Dan Crenshaw's great. Dan Crenshaw and move Derek here. Kilmer need to link up. I wish he would move here. But I will say this, though, like on that the intersectional thing that you're talking about, like yeah. as a black person growing right. up, blah, 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 blah. That is not, like when you fight against, or when I fight against inter- intersectional thinking, the thing to remember about intersectionality is that it doesn't take into account that individual's experience. Yeah. It it takes that individual's experience and absorb it and absorbs it into the collective. Yeah. And so I am very you know, there is there is a reason why you should listen to people like that that grew up in that time and get their life experience because there is knowledge there, there is wisdom, there's things to learn from that. But that should not be your sole basis for, you know, judging things on the whole. And I really and just, so, like, I love getting, ex- you know, listening yeah. to stuff like that. And even, like, when I do listen to Larry Elder, he has all sorts of stories from all sorts of different times and stuff like that, but everybody has a different story and has gone through different things. Yeah. And it is important to note because there is obviously a problem in, uh, you know, on the social realm of, like, the low-income black family. You know, generally... You know, generally speaking, you know, people that grow up in like, you know, the quote unquote, the hood, you know, yeah. they have, <laughs> they have massive problems that they've been facing essentially for generations because that societal area hasn't changed Yeah, because it's been neglected for a long time. And there's, there is a lot of experiences that need to be examined and looked at to be able to like fix that fucking problem that nobody has bothered to address. Yeah. And so, but So in that way, like looking at something intersectionally, it makes sense for certain things. But you can't turn around and apply that that knowledge on a grand, big picture scale and an umbrella scale. So, And
1: and that's really what I meant is that they're not – like none of those people are there – to try and express any type of fucking anything other than their story. Oh, and I get that. That's not like, and that's all that I admit is that that's not by any means the intent of the show. You know, like he's very much there. LeBron James is very much there just kind of hosting a conversation. Yeah, and what I'm trying to
0: say is that like, by you saying like not to look at it intersectionally, but it's okay to do that in specific situations, especially when you're looking at an individual's experience and trying to see like, because it is important as a society, we need to know like that. We need to know the details of things that happen, right? Because collectively, there might be something we can actually address that. Yeah, at, you know, and see if this is a massive problem, we should address it.
1: And in this particular, you know, at the risk of spoiling some shit, but at, in this particular episode, um, LeBron James was talking about. He said that he stays up sometimes thinking about. 11, like a group of 11 friends he had in particular, you know, or 10 friends, him including 11, you know, um, and he had five of them that were dead, five of them now that are alive and that are with him thriving in, in a sports community, doing things um, in different capacities. And he, it's like, I wonder all the time, you know, what about me? sent me down this path instead of the other one you know Mm -hmm. that put me in this group instead of the other one he said and i think he said he thought very much that it was the support system that for whatever reason the town he came from saw him and bound together and said we cannot let this kid fail like we have to do everything we can to make sure that he makes it you know and he's like and why you know what about me made them do that you know and it's interesting just to hear people think Consider their place in the world from a larger place than we're at, you know, in in certain terms, right? Oh, so, yeah. No. It's really interesting. Highly, so, highly
0: informative.
1: And like I told you, Antonio Brown is on there, so it's interesting to hear him talking about his experience in the league and with, with Ben, because he talked a bunch of shit about Ben Rothersberger and about the coach, Mike Tomlin. He also said that he doesn't have an ego, which last week he said that he, like two weeks ago, he said he wanted people to call him Mr. Big Chest.
0: Yeah, he doesn't have an ego. What
1: the fuck, man? You're gonna try and sit here and say you don't have an ego? That's so, some bullshit.
0: Okay, everyone has an ego, right? Yeah. But the people that talk about not having an ego, I
1: have a big ego, big one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I think you should check it out. I see. I think you should check out. I think you should check out that show. Um, I think I will. Yeah. It's really good. So that's the last thing I have so we can move on to motherfucking sports. Sports. So the first thing, and this is big for us, you know, Frank Clark is right. That DN for the Hawks. Yep. Motherfucker got franchise tag this week. Oh, you remember what a franchise tag is for those who don't know? Correct. This year. So franchise tag for those who don't know means that he's going to get paid the average of the top five players at that position this year, right? So, last year he was on his rookie contract. He was making a little around, like around $900,000 a game. Tough tough life. Do you earn around $900,000. Do you know how much he's going to make this year? No. Not $900,000 a game. $900,000 for a season, for right? A season, yeah. This year, $17.1 million. <laughs> he's going to make 17 times what he made last year. Frank Clark had 13 sacks he has last year. He had an interception as a fucking D-end. Frank Clark oh. is here, baby. So, well, that's good, though. That's really that's exciting. I'm happy fantastic. that Frank Clark is here. So um, much money. Yeah. No, that's really, really good.
0: It never so. ceases to amaze me. And he's what happy. What did you do with $17 oh, million Donovan? Man. A lot. A lot. A lot of stuff. A lot. <laughs> I buy
1: a house for myself and for my mom. Buy a bunch of land, actually, is what I would buy. And I would build a house. Is what I would do. I would buy a lot of stuff. I would have help you out with that,
0: because... It is not an easy process in this county. To yeah, build no, your own you house. can. I'll definitely hire
1: you guys to do all my survey. Oh no, well we got you covered,
0: baby. Engineering survey. we'll do everything,
1: baby. We also re-signed our our D. Jesus Christ, our defensive back, Akeem King. He got a one-year deal, one point four million dollars. Uh, Houston placed a franchise tag on the outside linebacker Jadavian Clowney, who is a fucking monster. Um, the Cowboys franchise tag DeAndre Marcus Lawrence. The franchise tag deadline was last week. That's why I voted. Okay. So that's why this so everybody's is something. getting their, their yep. franchise tag. Yeah, it's got to be announced by last week. It doesn't have to be finalized until I think June 15th. Until then they can still negotiate for a larger contract, but this is they have the intent to put a franchise tag
0: on them. So it's good force time. things force things along the road a little bit. Right, right
1: um cowboys money
0: riding on this man
1: the cowboys franchise tag demarcus lawrence one of their dns and we talked about last week they had two people on their d-line that got suspended for indefinitely you know for drugs so we'll we'll see because they're they're obviously they're gonna have to draft some talent this year um so the combine is over now and the draft is just coming a couple weeks i don't
0: remember i didn't write down the date or anything like that so pause Um, button on the combine yes um russell wilson was in the combine this year right no, no. The Maybe I just saw some. That's what I thought.
1: I, so I must, they showed yeah. So they'll Wilson. show, right? So they'll like they'll bring back highlights and stuff from when he was in the combine. That motherfucker but, was fast. Yeah, yeah still is no, no, fast. That's footage from when he was in the combine. That's what I thought. he looks way rookies, too yeah. young. Right.
0: But God, man, he looked good. Right. He, oh, <clears> he's a beautiful human. I would, <laughs> I would tell you that much. Yeah. No, that he, man, he great. impresses me. He's fast every day. He's out there doing. Doing the God's work, you know, he's going fast. to visit the doing children. You know, he's yeah. visiting the children. He's hanging out with his terrible wife, Sierra. God bless her, and ruining the Seahawks. But you don't like Sierra? I have a problem. I have a problem with her ruining Russell. She is the Yoko Ono to the Seahawks. That's right. Ooh, Calling her out. Damn. And I know I'm not the oh only person. My God. For whatever reason. And actually, I don't I think that's pretty overblown. But, uh, no, stick to your guns. Ever since he got married, the team has gone fucking downhill. Ooh, but the problem Shots is fired. The problem is that it's co- coincidental with a lot of other major things that happened in the Seahawks. Do you think at it's the because
1: time. he was a virgin
0: before and he's not now? He wasn't. A, he wasn't a virgin, but he was celibate, right? Either way, what? he wasn't having sex, and that I, I think, think helped I know him was a virgin. in I can't the attest long to that. run. Yeah. And the celibacy. The celibacy was a big deal. I think that's what got us to the Super Bowl. Tim Tebow's And Now virgin. he's getting in on the reg, and now he has problems. But it's not even that mm. because the Seahawks. Well, it's have like had they problems. used to the tell you. The team has like, changed every year. Yeah. We've gone just like every other football. You know, other than the stupid Patriots, every, every, <laughs> just like every other team that goes to the Super Bowl, there is a a low run after your Super Bowl high. Generally speaking. And that's what we're going through, I think. Hopefully we'll get back. I don't actually think it's because of him or because of Sierra, but I'm going to blame it on her because I can't blame Russ.
1: I feel good about this year. We have like 54 or so million dollars of cap room. Um, And that's pretty good, you know, for going into free agency. We got, excuse me, this whole year to negotiate with Russell because we're going to have to pay him out the dick if we want to keep him um because he deserves it you know yeah well, like i said we got a good amount of money to go into the free agency with because we're gonna draft some people we may or may not keep our first round pick john snyder likes to trade away the first round pick and get a bunch of other picks so we may or may not have that when the draft comes around but we well, got a good anything- amount of money for a rookie contract is cheap as fuck you know yeah. rookie contract ain't shit especially if they're third fourth fifth round that's fucking no money and that's where the seahawks make their money you know that's where you find that's we found Cam chancellor earl thomas shit like that like those people came in the mid rounds and they crafted them into fucking legends well i mean just just
0: think about it i'm speaking out of pure ignorance here because i don't know how (laughs) it works but i love you when compared to a fantasy draft your first pick is not always that great it's it seems like a big deal at the time but it never really seems to pay dividends in the long It run. does not always. It's it's those no. fucking mid to low round picks where like they really really affect you. And is yes. is that the same That's game? That's where the money is made in yeah. the regular in the real NFL draft. Is the first round pick other than being you know star studded and spectacular? Yeah. Is it really worth it in the long run? <sighs>
1: Sometimes. I mean, there's yeah. some people. Um, you know, like last year, Baker Mayfield. You know, he was the first overall pick. and In the beginning, he was a little shaky towards the end of the season. He was great. Yeah, he was great. Overall, like, towards in his whole career, Baker Mayfield looks like he's going to be awesome. Yeah. You know, there's some people who have been. I was glad um,
0: to pick him
1: up last year. You know, I mean, it's so I think that it does. Most of the time, people who go in the first round will have a lengthy career, barring some type of career ending injury, you know. But I do agree that there is an immense amount of insane talent that goes overlooked or at least waited on until the third or fourth, you know, round. There's a lot of shit that comes out then. Royce Freeman, and I, people will call me biased until the end of time. Royce Freeman is a running back. Came from Oregon last year, went to the Broncos, and then there was an undrafted free agent named Philip Lindsay that came onto the or that got also got brought up by the Broncos, who's incredible and took over everything. And Royce Freeman hardly got anything done. But Royce Freeman is, I believe, right? And I would look this up, but if you looked at all of the people who faced the most, you know what it means? Stack the box, right? Stack the mm-hmm. box. So you just you put as many players here as you can that are going to rush he faced some of the like top five in stacked box positions in the league right that's gonna that's gonna hinder your ability to get shit done right? and so it's kind of like how russ
0: i don't think is he's not playing and he did not go first
1: round he was a he was mid-round pick yeah and i don't think
0: russ is operating anywhere near his potential they're still because figuring he it out he needs. Yeah. Yeah, they need that O-line to figure their shit out to well, get the protection he needs to do the, what he does best.
1: And they had the new offensive coordinator last year in Schottenheimer, where he was so focused on running and they're still trying to figure out like because Russell Star is starting to get older. You know, they don't mm. want him to have to run as much as he was before. But when he does run, he makes fucking magic with it. You know, he's still able to break off big pieces last year. Some people are talking about him getting fat, that's some bullshit. I don't even want to fucking hear that. That's nonsense, right? Because it's just the season. <laughs> (laughs) This season just ended. I'll fucking wait until he goes – because he always shows up for, like, in the beginning, um, before football season starts, he, like, trains, you know, with baseball a little bit and fucks around. Like, so I'll wait until OTA start, and then we'll talk about, you know – I like how baseball is
0: a football player's, like, practice.
1: Well, so he played baseball in college. So he'll show up just for – so he'll show up just for spring practice and stuff because he –
0: it's good, just all is around involved.
1: I do not believe he is signed with the Yankees, but is involved with the Yankees. So he shows up and does like spring training and stuff like that. You know, not spring up, training. Like he, but he, you know, fuck he, the Yankees, though. Fucks around that, but that's, you know, because he, like, there's a but guy coming into the NFL this year named Kyler Murray. He's a quarterback. And they also talked about he wasn't sure whether he was going to go and play professional baseball or professional football. You know, there's some people who are good enough to do either. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Russell Wilson was better at. The NFL. I don't know that he would have the same type of career if he played baseball. Yeah, but he's got a Super Bowl fucking ring in
0: the NFL, so he's doing pretty good
1: here. You know. So was
0: it Russ? That was. uh He's a good baseball player, right? Like he used yeah. to play baseball. Yeah, yeah, and he was like an honorary member of the team for. And that's what I'm I don't. And that's a long time, and that's what I'm right?
1: saying. I don't know exactly what the deal is with. His shit in baseball, but I know he shows up, works out with the teams and like plays some off season games, you know, but I don't know exactly cool, what the deal is with the contract with the anything, you know, I don't, cause he's definitely, I don't think he makes money to play there, you know, but yeah. they let him show up and
0: play. So I don't know what He's probably a good enough player, but he doesn't and he's play at like, a level of athleticism to. Be a good member of the practice right.
1: squad. Right, and he doesn't play like during the regular season, you know, but he plays mm-hmm. like in the so – But I don't know exactly – So I'll, I'll
0: look into that too. That's so cool I'll, though. I like that week, yeah. how – You know, because athletes are athletes are athletes. Yeah. You know, and if dude wants to go out and play some baseball in whatever way he can at right. whatever level he should be playing, yeah, that's awesome. And Jordan can't do anything in that. but benefit your overall career. Tim in, Tebow plays baseball now. Well, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that makes sense. It's just it's fun to poke fun at Tim Tebow. Okay, I got to finish these up
1: so that we can yeah, get Yeah, we out get out right. here. Sorry. So, no, you're good. So, uh, the, the Falcons franchise, no, that's a good conversation. That's good. I like when you get involved with sports. I like when we have a conversation about I sports. Like so, I like when I can have yeah. a, no, a conversation. No, that's really good. I'm, I'm happy that happened. I'm not mad about it. The Falcons franchise, they're uh, franchise tag their DN Grady Jarrett the Ravens released safety Eric Weddle who's fucking fantastic and then the Rams signed him to a two year deal right after that so the Rams defense oh, is just growing even more
0: don't give it to and, the Rams and Domican
1: and, and Sue only signed a one year deal last year so th- I think they're going to let him see what's up with the free agency because he wants yeah. a fuckload of money on Dominic and Dominick and Sue and they're about to have to start really paying people the Rams they only have a small window where Jared Goff is still in his rookie contract because they just had to pay Todd Gurley last year and so when's his rookie contract up year two I think Jared Goff has two more years. Like, I think okay. this is his fourth year and then they probably have a fifth year option on it. So. All right. Calling got, it
0: right now. Rams are going to take the Super Bowl next year. So we'll, That's we'll their see Super what <laughs> next <laughs> it's year. It's happening. I'm interested to see what
1: happens. Um, the Browns released their linebacker, Jamie Collins, who's fucking fantastic. Pretty sure he's a pro bowler. Uh, the Broncos agreed to trade Case Keenum, who's the quarterback they they signed last year. But remember, they just got Joe Flacco. Yeah. Uh, From the Ravens. And so they traded Case Keenum and a seventh-round pick uh, for a sixth-round pick. I don't – why didn't I write down who they traded it to? But Case Keenum is ass. That's why they had to trade him and a seventh-round pick just to get a fucking sixth-round pick. (laughs) Um, It's that
0: bad they got to unload.
1: Yeah, the Broncos released safety Darian Stewart. The Bills, on Thursday, it looked like the Bills were going to trade for Antonio Brown. And then when I woke up Friday, Antonio Brown had said, I'm not fucking playing in Buffalo. Like, we're not trading in Buffalo, no whatever. It's too cold up there. It was expected that they were going to have a trade ready by Friday, and nothing has happened yet. But now I guess there's some reports he's telling people around him that he's he's likely to be in Oakland. So we'll see where he goes. The Steelers said they want a first-round pick for Antonio Brown. The Raiders have three first-round picks. So we'll see where they're at with it. Um, the Giants traded their linebacker, Olivier Vernon, who's fantastic to the Browns for offensive guard, Kevin Zeitler. Zeitler, however, you know, fuck, Zettler, however the Ziedler. fuck, you know, Zettler, whatever it Zettler. is. The Dolphins cut Danny Amendola. The Eagles are looking to trade DN Michael Bennett. They traded DN Michael Bennett and a seventh round pick to the Pats for a 2025 round pick. So the Patriots have Michael Bennett now. Um, and I think he had like. What? Yeah, I think he had like eight or nine sacks last year, and he didn't play full-time. He, like, he split his snaps with other people because the Eagles mm-hmm. had so many people on their D-line. Um, I hate you, Patriots, so the much. The Steelers traded their offensive guard Marcus Gilbert to the Cardinals for a six-round pick. The Cardinals cut Mike Lennon and Anton Bethea, and the Jaguars released Carlos Hyde and D-tackle Malik Jackson, and the Chargers re-signed Denzel Perriman to a two-year deal. Damn. That's it. It was a big week.
0: There's lots of shit that happened this week. Oh, I got to get a line ready. Yeah. Whoops. So before you go, one quick question. We don't have to get too deep on it. Tell me. How do you think it, I mean, when it comes to whether or not you make a decision as a football player to say like, yeah, I'm going to go to Buffalo. How much, what percentage of that decision is going, I have to go live in fucking Buffalo?
1: I think it depends on the player. You know, because it depends where you're from. who wants to do that? And I don't know where Antonio Brown came from. I don't know what school he went to. I don't know where he was raised. I mean, no offense
0: against Buffalo, but the weather is really shitty. I mean, it's... Some people love the snow. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> all you know, that's what I'm saying. It, it depends. Like there's yeah. some people who Real love the snow. There's preference. some people
1: who never played in it. So they don't like it. So they don't mm-hmm. want to play it, you know, X amount of games in the snow per year. There's some people who, even if they were from Florida, they went to school in New York. So they played X amount of games in the snow. So they're used to it. You know, yeah. it, it depends totally on the person. But I would imagine for some people, most people, the weather plays. Some into where they want to play. Yeah. And Antonio Brown still has one year left on his contract. He's getting traded. So yeah, where he gets traded is where it goes. But also if he goes there, if he's getting ready to be traded and he tells the team, I will not play for this team. I will hold out all year. I don't give a fuck. I'll take the cut. I won't take the money. I will hold out. Then they're not going to want to trade for him because it's a waste of their time, waste yeah. of whatever they traded to the Steelers to get a first round pick is what they're asking for. So. I think ultimately, yeah, Yeah. it
0: just depends on whether or not he wants to
1: make that decision himself. Exactly. And he's a big enough personality um, and does enough on the field. He he has a little bit of leeway in almost anywhere he goes, unless he goes to the Giants or to the Falcons or something like that. He's going to be the number one wide receiver. You know, there's very few people who, even though he's getting older, who are going to be miles above Antonio Brown, you know, so... At this point, he has a fairly big bargaining chip in saying, like, listen, I'm a top five wide receiver every year until I retire. Like, that's where I'm at, you know? Mm-hmm. So, because I think he even missed got a, a little game weight or, behind there. I think he even missed a game or two this year and still was top five. So, Damn. you're balling, you know? He gets to make a little sway it's, in them. Exactly. Teams. And he fucking, you know, he's got one more year and he wants to get fucking paid if he's going to get another contract next year. So, Boy. there's a whole deal. So, what do you got? Oh, man. Have I ever told you, uh, that sex workers use fruit during the act? Uh, yes, citrus max the taste, it masks the taste of a dirty penis. In fact, 95% of fruit has already been in someone's orifice before it hits the market.
0: Why would you tell me these things?
2: <laughs>